What's going on, drinking buddies? How's your apocalypse? I've been wearing the same bathrobe for a couple weeks. Pretty soon it can stand upright on its own. I hope everyone's staying safe. Staying inside if you're able to. If you're forced to work or you're an essential worker. Yeah. That sucks, man. I feel for you. I hope listening to this podcast is at least helping you get through your day or your commute. And we're all going to get through this the best we fucking can. Anyways, enough with the sappy shit. On with the ads. Woo! This week's podcast is brought to you by our friends. And now we drink. We are brought to you by the video versions on Vimeo. Because, hey, while I'm wearing a bathroom full time, this is my primary source of income between that and something else I'll talk about in just a minute. If you're able to, if you're financially able to at the moment, please support the show by picking up a video version at www.anwd.net slash videos. I am debating, and I would love to hear from you guys on Twitter about giving away all the video versions of the remote shows I've been doing. It's not quite the same engagement as me doing a three-camera shoot, and I know for the people that are stuck at home, it might be more engaging to watch us talk instead of just putting in the earbuds like you normally do when you're commuting. Get at me. I'd love to hear some feedback. But in the meantime, pick up an old school video episode or two. They're 99 cents a piece. Or subscribe monthly to get all the episodes streaming. $6.99 a month. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. Check out the video versions. We are also brought to you this week by my video game habit. I'm Twitch streaming now. I'm on all the time playing with various assortment of games. Check me out at www twitch.tv slash Matt Effenslayer. Occasionally, I'm dicking around and doing a live podcast on Twitch. In addition to that, I'm playing Borderlands 3, UFC 2, and a couple other games. Check it out. If you have Amazon Prime, do me a huge favor. Sign up, get your Twitch Prime account, and throw me a subscription. It doesn't cost you anything. Five minutes of your time. And I would be indebted because it does generate real money for me. So, come watch me play video games. It'll be fucking fun. And last but not least, we are brought to you by an actual sponsor of this show. Our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record in the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, colored variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 Alm-inspired art print, and custom cocktail pairing recipe. I have been talking about Vinyl Me Please forever. They're a long-time sponsor of the show, and I know times are tough. But if you have the money, sign up for this amazing record club. It's not like Record of the Month clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, supports the show if you buy some records, and it won't be like Record of the Month clubs of old where they're chasing you for the next 20 years for your commitment to buy some more uh, CDs or tapes. So get some rad vinyl, get some new art, and a custom cocktail pairing recipe. Do that all today at www.joinvmp.com slash anwd. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash anwd. All right. Now that we got the fun stuff out of the way, my guest this week remotely, because we're doing the whole Responsible COVID thing is Penthouse Pet, Twisty Street, our awards 
go on and on and on. Miss Jaden Cole. This was a super fun episode. We get into conspiracy theories. We have her her very first White Claw on air. We talked about food she misses from the road, the changing nature of the porn industry, and a whole lot more. This episode is an absolute blast. I've been trying to get Jaden in to do the show for about two years now, so I'm happy that I finally dragged her on air for you guys. She's a fucking amazing person. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy this episode with Miss Jaden Cole. We are ready to rock and roll. Jaden Cole, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. How's your apocalypse? My apocalypse has been going um, probably a lot better than most people's, and that's not lost on me. The first week, I had a really dark time just worrying for other people who don't have the opportunity to work, to feed their families, to like or they're just stuck in a house with their family members. They're like, fuck, I don't get a break from you at all. Like I can't imagine. I just, it hit me particularly at a really good time in my life. Thank God by the grace of God, you know, I kind of feel like a lot of us got a pass, at least a lot of people that I know just because we're in entertainment industry and we can do things like this, like zoom podcasts and webcam and you know all kinds of stuff like that, that allows us to keep living. Exactly. We're, I mean, we're fortunate. Unfortunately, like a lot of other stuff I do is mainstream production, and that's all fucking shut down right now. So it's a little slow for me, but eh, I'll get by. No, I understand. There's definitely aspects of uh, the entertainment industry that um, are suffering because of this right now. I know for me, I actually had... I go on the road to do feature dancing a lot. That's always been my kind of main bread and butter. However, with the way that uh, the industry is changing, I've become sort of in a place where I want to start working from home more consistently because that's really where the money is. But it's really hard. It's weird to change your money mindset. It's always uncomfortable. Like I'm used to just going on the road. I leave the house, I go to the airport and I go make the money. And so it's hard to to teach yourself like, no, no, you stay here. You just stay at the house. That's where you make the money now. So it's weird to change your mindset. But this forced me into it in a really positive way. I shouldn't use a word like force, but, you know. Well, and generally change comes about from exterior things. So, you know, good or bad, it comes around that way. And it's awesome that, you know, you're able to embrace it and be like, hell yeah, this is a positive. Because I know for a lot of people, they're just like, oh, fuck. It still hasn't set in very small percentage of businesses that truly thrive during something like this. And the online adult community is definitely thriving right now. Just I'm grateful for every penny that I can earn right now while this horrible tragedy is going on. I actually had in April, I had from April 2nd to May 2nd, I actually was booked on the road five weeks in a row. And that's not normal. 
Like that's, that's a really rough run, but I was prepared mentally to do it. I had two weeks, the first weekend I was supposed to be in New York city, April 2nd, that weekend, next weekend, I was supposed to, this past weekend, I was supposed to be in Madison, Wisconsin right now. Next weekend, I was supposed to be in Chicago at Exotica, the following weekend, Pittsburgh, then Philly. And uh, it's just mind blowing. So a lot of people are coming up to me like, oh, you're, your tour, you know, it got canceled. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm not, I'm actually like in a place where I wanted to start working from home. Anyway, the road is, I've been on the road for eight, nine years, nonstop. Like and I kind of want to nest a little bit. And of the clubs you just listed, I'm like, I know exactly which clubs it's like, you are going to be at Deja Vu in New York. No, say, no, really? There's no Deja Vu in New well, York. Do, uh, uh, you know what it is though. Yeah. It's the one everyone dances at. In, uh, it's the one. Yeah. yeah. They, have, they book features every week. Sapphire. Right. Sapphire, yeah, yeah, Deja Vu, Sapphire. Sapphire, New York, then probably Silk and Madison. Yes, my favorite. Uh, it's been years since I've worked at Silk. Uh, and then... Exotica, down, Chicago. Exotica, Chicago. If you were going to do a feature there, it would be like Heavenly Bodies sometimes had after parties or the Admiral. And then, let's see. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would be cheerleaders, most likely. No, actually, there is cheerleaders. I was going to do cheerleaders in Philly the following weekend, but Pittsburgh... Do you remember Blush? Yeah, it's, it's now. The new blush. Yeah, the new Blush. I actually was just having a conversation with Dick Dangle yesterday. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. He, we were talking about the the, the Pittsburgh clubs literally yesterday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been to almost all those clubs at one time or another. So it's mm. oh, awesome. Well, you you know I used to roadie for people, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. See that business. It's, it's just sort of drying up. Like the, the less people are going to clubs, the clubs don't make money anymore. It's basically like you're touring a restaurant. Like when you go back there and you meet the employees, it's like ran like a restaurant. I worked in a lot of restaurants before I got in the industry and bars. And so I know I'm like, Oh, this is just a glorified bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes when I go around, I'm like, this industry's dying and the people aren't getting any nicer. Yeah, yeah, especially Sapphire, not about not being nice, but like being like a restaurant. Sapphire in New York is such like, they have that really nice steakhouse in it. Yeah, <laughs> some of them, some of them do. There's very small percentage of strip clubs that have restaurants that I'll eat at. But Sapphire in New York is definitely one of them. My other favorite, there are certain clubs that are staples that are always going to do well. Sapphire is one of them. But there's also one in Long Island, my favorite called Gossip. That was redone years ago and apparently apparently it used to be a dump, but I've only seen it be like my favorite club in the world. I'm like, this place is great. So I'll stop by there sometimes just to like do a photo shoot or video shoot on their pole because their stage is so dope. Nice. But that place will always do well. It's super upscale and it's packed every Friday, Saturday night. It, those are the clubs that don't need features. I I honestly don't know why New York books features all the time. Like I've never been in there where it wasn't like shoulder to shoulder line out the door. Like it was a club club. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like gossip too. It's a nightclub. It's the place to be on a Friday, Saturday night in Long Island. It's packed and there's a nice dress code and they have their own in-house feature that comes out once an hour and like just destroys the stage and does incredible things. She has her own drop and everything and is super supportive of us. So Believe me, there's things I miss about being on the road for sure, but it's also nice to just kind of reset. No, I, I totally get that. And you're completely right that the industry altogether is changing. Like this is illustrated so much that like OnlyFans 
and cr custom content creation is the wave of the future for almost everybody. It's so true. You know, even with webcam, like my OnlyFans is my baby. And I've been working really hard at it this year, trying different things that work. And so when this happened, I was like, holy shit. I feel like if this has happened, like even six months ago, I don't know what I would be doing. Obviously, I would be doing the same thing. But being able to focus on OnlyFans has been insane. Like I'm making pl like plenty. Like I'm not missing a dime because these gigs got canceled with OnlyFans. And that's also how people book custom videos too. And I webcam on there every other night. And sometimes I make just as much as I would camming on Jeez. another platform. So it's nice. nice to focus on one platform and be like, how far can I take this? You know, taking notes, taking, you know, changing up. Sometimes I'll do it from the bedroom. Sometimes I'll do it from the cam room, like just seeing what different things work. It's kind of cool. I love it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But one thing that you got to miss about the road is like the regional delicacies that you can't get anywhere else. Like what regional delicacies are you missing from being on the road though? Oh man. Well, let's, Start with me. Um, I like New York food. It's all fantastic. Some of my best friends live in this East, so we always do a couple crazy fancy dinners that are super fun. And then uh, let's see here. At least one of the times you were in New York, uh, you were over at Pouring Ribbons, which is my guy's place. Yeah. Oh, really? Remember I yeah. texted you about that. I'm like, you're in fucking Pouring Ribbons? You should have told me. I would have. Yes, I did. I I was with Danny Daniels and her husband took me. It's like a speakeasy. It's so fucking cool. It was great. We were there for hours. That's uh, East Village, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool as hell. I love, that's what I love about New York. Especially you get like a local and it's like, it's a completely different situation than anything I've experienced. All the dining experiences there are like top notch. Hell yeah. So but, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what else, like, what else are you missing from the road, food-wise? Oh, Madison, Wisconsin is always fun. I actually, you wouldn't believe this, but Madison is one of the towns I like to hang out in and get a late flight out on Sunday so that I can spend the day there. Because the, the house manager and, like, the house mom and a couple security guys have I keep in touch with and the girls. And we always end up at a diner at four in the morning after the Saturday night shows. And then on Sunday, we all go out downtown. You know, it's just like a college football town. So it's super fun. So I like to go out and drink beer and like eat cheese curds and experience that before I go. Hell yeah. And then uh, Chicago, I've been to Geno's East. And so I've done like a couple, you remember, you know, Ivan. Yeah. You know Ivan? Yeah, I know Ivan. Yeah, he lives near you actually. Very close by, but Ivan and I went to Chicago the last couple of years. We take a whole day and we fly out the next day. And we try to do something fun. Like we did the Sears tower one year, Geno's East. We you know, they opened the Geno's in LA, right? Oh, did they really? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, they have a Giordano's here in, yeah. in Vegas on the strip. I know I'm so fucking jealous. Cause I don't think, well, maybe on the strip, I don't go to the strip as much, but like it's, it's in Summerlin. It's in like the suburbs. Oh, they opened one in, in the suburbs, too? Cause oh, yeah. <laughs> AV, uh, right before AVN 18, they opened the one on the Strip. Right. You, it's, I in, it's like in Bally's. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to maybe go over to the Strip, maybe. <gasps> yeah, dude. Yes. And uh, Pittsburgh, I didn't really um, – I ate pretty clean last time I was there. The, the, the hotel they put you up at has 24-hour room service, and it's like the nicest, you know, it's a really nice hotel they put you up at. So by like night three, and it's a long gig. They do Tuesday through Saturday they used to do. I don't think they do that anymore. But by like night three, 
the woman who was working the room service at like two in the morning already knew my name, knew my order. One time we were talking so much just about like fucking, we got into a conversation about 9-11. And by the time, this is what happens on the road. You just make friends with whoever's around. And so by the time my food, I was like, hang on, my food's here. Cause I'd order the same like tomato soup and salad every night. And so <laughs> the door knocks, I'm like, hang on lady who just took my order she like put it in and we just get to yapping away and before I knew it my food was there I was like I'm gonna go eat now but I'll talk to you tomorrow same time same place Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> so yeah. I love making those kind of just random connections on the road that was my favorite thing and Philly's great I have friends there do you know like the cheesesteak situation there from like a local uh I mean I, for- I forgot the place uh last time I worked cheerleaders we ended up like I was at cheerleaders and uh, Bonnie Rotten was at the other club in Philly. And I ended up meeting up with them at some bar for a local cheesesteak. I forgot that one of the clubs recommended and I totally am spacing on the name of it. It was fucking phenomenal. I just, I have a friend who's a local in Philly and they're like, look, every tourist wants to go to Pat's or Gino's because they're famous. Right, but they are such dog shit. The meat sits up there, like they were telling everything wrong with the place. Besides the fact that you probably have to wait in line because of the tourist, it's a tourist trap. And I was like, man, that's so fucked up. And then I go to spots. If your listeners are from Philly, they'll know like Tony Luke's, Ishka Bibbles, places like that. And um, so I went there. And then every time someone will be like, oh, yeah, I love those cheese sticks in Philly, man. Pats or Geno's. I'm like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That is not a local spot. And I was like, what if I just said I was going to fuck Charlie Sheen? Because it's famous. <laughs> He's right. famous. It's like you can't just like put something inside your body just because it's famous. <laughs> hey, a lot of people have. A lot of people have. I'm not I, about it. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I, I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying a lot of people have. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've done, I I did do Pat's Angino's last time I was there, too, just to uh, do the tourist comparison. But it was also, like, in the middle of the night, so it's like, there that wasn't much matter. more. Yeah. yeah. Like All po- sets are off. It was post-club, and uh, the feature I was working for made me do all the shots that guests, you know, were buying for her. Right. You know what's fun, though? Does she ever do, do you ever, you could suggest, if you ever roadie again, to do the thing that I used to do when I was a cocktail waitress, which was I'd always, if someone wanted to buy me a shot, I'd get a shot of Patron and then have a deal with the bartender that they just hook up a shot of water. I mean, I would do that trick. Like normally when I was roading, I wouldn't drink. Right. But on this particular gig of cheerleaders, she didn't want to drink. And obviously I don't want her to drink. And it was some high roller who had bottle service at the table and we were taking shots out of the bottle on the table. Ah, can't hide that. Nope. Nope. Luckily, I can drink. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? What is your drink of choice? Well, right now we are drinking Eagle's Rare Bourbon. It's a 10-year-aged bourbon. Oh, man. And that's you your jam? I dig it. I dig it. I mean, I have various bourbons in my jam. You got anything that you're hiding off camera there? Uh, No. As a matter of fact, because of the theme of your show i was <laughs> my friends all trying to get me to try white claw oh god <laughs> yeah i'm not a carbonated beverage person at all 
So I'm not really interested. Like I never drank seltzer. I'm not a LaCroix girl. I'm not really into trends, but I did. Someone was like, oh, it's so not like they were trying to sell me on it. But then I was listening to some deep state conspiracy theory podcasts. And they were talking shit about White Claw and how they think it has drugs in it. Like a cocaine type drug. (laughs) Is this something that our mutual friend Sam Tripoli is going over? Yes. Yeah, I was literally listening to one of his podcasts and one of his guests, he was doing one of those swap casts. And the guy was doing a swap cast with was like, so I fuck 25 year old girls. So I always have some white claw on me, but I'm telling you one night I tried it and I swear to God, it does something different to you. There's something different. I don't know. I drank about six of them last night because it just happened. Yeah. Where were you? Uh, I was doing some tech support for a friend of mine who was having some audio problems, so that's what she had. (laughs) So six white claws are the equivalent to one good bourbon, I would say. Uh, They're actually like 5% alcohol by volume. Yeah, so they're what? More than a beer. Like a beer's like a... A beer's like 4.2%, so it's a little bit more than a beer. Okay. That's not bad. No, I mean... I was fine. If, if you're a bourbon guy, I have some pictures I want to send you. I went to a bourbon tasting not that long ago at a friend's house when this collection will blow your fucking mind. Oh, no. What do you got? Okay. Let's start with my favorite. Are you familiar with, like, these high-end scotch whiskeys and bourbons? Uh, the bourbon just the scotch is no because scotch isn't really to my palate. Okay, gotcha. I'm aware of some of them, but I'm. if you're like, that is a blah, 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 big, I'm fairly sure that's impressive. Uh, I probably have never drank it. Probably never will. Yeah, all right. Well, I had this really fancy. It was an Arbor Lore Spiceside Single Malt, malt Scotch Whiskey, age 16 years, single cask edition, the Distillery Reserve Collection. I don't know. It was fancy. I got pictures. I'll send this to you. Oh, yeah. And then there was like this, this bottle of Macallan. Do you like Macallan? Also, scotch, not my flavor, but I'm, oh, that's I, right. I get to be honest with you, I get scotch and and bourbon a little confused. So okay. these are some good scotches. I'll send you pictures so you can show off to people. If you ever run into someone that knows their scotch whiskey, you can be like, <laughs> here's, uh-huh. yeah, here's a lineup. Look at this. Can you see this rainbow of Scott of Macallan? Oh, I can. Yeah, I mean, that's that is probably thousands of dollars worth of alcohol right there. Oh. So much, so much. For the audio audience, that yeah. was just like a cornucopia of scotch. It was a rainbow of Macallan, of bottles of Macallan. And that wasn't even the half of it. So, so yeah. So how have you been providing food for yourself during this lockdown? I know LA, I know where you live and it's like, you're in the middle of fucking all the shit. I am. I am. Um, gotten some food deliveries. Yeah, yeah, I ordered groceries last weekend. I haven't, besides yesterday, which was mildly ill-advised to leave the house, because Lord knows how much that girl's actually been quarantining. <laughs> <laughs> I kept giving her shit. Like, I came over, like, I went over there to help her out, because, yeah, because I'm, I'm an idiot. We'll just go with I'm an idiot. And I'm like, you know, I love, you have killed me, woman. I've come over here to help you with your audio problems, and you literally have, you've, you've killed me. I've, you've probably given me COVID. Like, <laughs> no, I haven't. Do you, I'm know, fine. do you know anyone that's gotten it? Not directly. Some people I know, like, 
socially over the internet have, but not anyone directly. Wow. That's, that's bonkers. So, um, I haven't either. Uh, Vegas has been pretty quiet. We're all just kind of like miserable and wondering when we can all get back to work and like going to dinner again. But, um, no, I don't know anybody either, but the grocery ordering I started doing right away, but there's, it's so overwhelmed right now that you kind of got to find a sweet spot, like a time slot that works. So I've been waiting till midnight to, to, to order groceries. It's been working, man. I can't get a delivery window all day, but after midnight around like 1245 AM, for some reason I have good luck. Nice. So that's nice. what I've been ordering my groceries and I, I've taken like one trip to the grocery store once a week and it feels like you're just going into a war zone because you don't know like who's gonna give a fuck who's gonna cough on you like you're just like so the stress and anxiety that goes into just like a trip to the grocery store is unprecedented it's been two and a half weeks since last time i went to a grocery store and i'm trying not to do it again for the rest of this because motherfuckers were bringing their kids and like their teenagers with them to the grocery store it's like I understand no. a small child that you can't leave at home by themselves. Why are you fucking here as a family unit right now? Oh, send, my God. Like, send one motherfucker to go grocery shopping. That Yeah, totally. That's so weird. Especially in, like, down, to, like, in L.A., Hollywood proper. It's, like, it's already, a, <laughs> like, a hassle to go to the grocery store. Right. <laughs> That's great. I'm just like, what? Why is there a teenager here? Why are you guys in the fucking aisle having a discussion about what to get? Make a fucking list. Grab your shit. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it's got to be tough, especially LA. Everyone's so entitled too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you got to treat this shit like um, what was that old game show like? Uh, Supermarket Dash. Yeah. <laughs> like I got my cart. I just run through aisles, knocking shit into the fucking. Like I didn't want that, but it's in my cart now. Fuck it. <laughs> it'll like, it'll last. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was talking to a friend and it was about 5 p.m. And we're like, all right. He's like, all right, I just pulled into the grocery store. I was like, what? 5 p.m.? Are you ready to go? Like, did you bring your weapons of mass destruction with you? Because you're going to need it. That's crazy. Because I went, I went to like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. Trying to miss out on that senior sweep. <laughs> yeah, you can't really quite pass as a senior. You'd have to put on a gray wig and shit to try to slide in there if you want to earlier so i know I, I walk way too healthy to be considered a senior citizen see you gotta just go buy it it's vegas there's gotta be some extra walkers around go grab a walker and just you know hobble in yeah yeah you it's got some costuming somewhere i know you do yeah it's an interesting spot to be in vegas during this time is everything still 24 hours in vegas or are they shut down hours on things oh i don't know nothing listen I moved to Vegas like a year ago because a lot of my work is here. A lot of people that I work with are here and they're more dependable. Like the people in my industry, we can work from home, but you have to have people that show up and are going to do what they came to do and be on time. And that really is Vegas is the spot for it. And we can get these like baller houses to fucking shoot in a lot easier and quicker than we could in LA. So it's been great work wise. And also, I'm just not a Vegas, I'm not a small town person. Like, like, you know what I mean? And Vegas is very much a, it's Nevada. Like, I'm not living on the strip. I'm living in Nevada. Like, I oh, feel like a very. You know, I lived in Summerlin for three years, right? Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh my God. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, made the, I made the opposite trek. Like, I lived over at Buffalo and Lake Mead right behind the Vons. Oh, very cool. 
Yeah. Like so, literally behind the bonds? Like in the, the apartment, like oh, the apartment no. complex directly behind the you bonds. You were not homeless. All right. No, no, I mean, for a year of it, I technically was because I was on the road so much I gave up my apartment, but. Yeah, yeah. The studios here, they're like super easy and cheap to rent by the hour kind of and like everything work-wise is great. But um, anything that's 24 hours in Vegas, I don't personally utilize. The only places I go is like the airport, the grocery stores, the nail salons. Those all open and close at the same hours that any anywhere else would, you know? Well, like I used to you know, roll into Steiner's at like four o'clock in the morning sometime, get like a burger and I miss that shit. But I know you guys, your guys' bars are probably closed down too, just like ours. Yeah, yeah. If it's like a predominantly a bar, it is closed down. Yeah. Weird. I do miss the 24-hour grocery stores because those are few and far between here. Oh, are there 24? See, I go to Whole Foods and like Trader Joe's and Sprouts, and they have the same hours nationally. So like I've never at anywhere that to utilize the 24-hour thing that Vegas is. Yeah, like Vons and, Vons and Albertsons in Vegas are 24 hours usually. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. I should start going there. I wonder if they're open 24 hours now. Yeah. I mean, even the grocery stores that were late night here in LA are now on reduced hours. Oh yeah. That makes sense. You know, what seems crazy to me. Trader Joe's. That place seems like, a, like a, the worst place to shop right now at this time. It's like the best time I saw an article, like it was one of the top places to work like an entry level job in America. And now it's, turn to literally one of the worst because there's just you know it's already kind of difficult and uncomfortable to shop at trader joe's you're like you know the parking lots always suck i know they do in hollywood oh yeah and like you're all just like everyone's in the, each other's business and it's just tough well at least in la they're making people go in only 10 at a time oh that's great good for good for la good on you good on them but it's a 45 minute wait six feet apart outside to get in oh my gosh well, hang on, Matt. Let me go grab a White Claw. How about that? And we'll do my first. We'll take my White Claw virginity right here. On oh, the my show. God. The only virginity left to take. All right. All right. Hold on. Oh, Jaden's getting herself a White Claw. We get to judge her on what flavor she ends up getting. It will be very interesting to see what horrible flavor she ends up taking. Mm. Yeah, I'm not proud to admit that I went out into the world last night, but, you know. Trying to help people out, trying to be good. And it's like, oh, that friend lives alone. And oh, <sighs> Jaden's back. What flavor of White Claw do you have? So uh, I got Ruby Grapefruit. I ordered it because all, all our groceries and alcohol and weed is delivered. By the way, the night that this happened, I had my last dance gig in Phoenix, Arizona, March 13th and 14th. I got home the 15th. I was talking to friends and then someone mentioned uh, it was like 7 p.m. on that Tuesday and someone said, oh, Vegas is shutting down for 30 days. Every non-essential business will be closed at midnight tonight. But it really was noon the next day. But I heard midnight tonight. So I got in my car immediately, went to the weed store, pulled into the parking lot, saw a line around the back and pulled right the fuck back out. I was like, I'll find a, I'll find an old school weed dealer. I don't want to deal with this line shit. Right. <laughs> Then the next day, I woke up at like 7.45 in the morning. They open at 8. I wanted to be in line at 7.50. I put in my online order. I was in and out. And then they announced that weed is an essential business here. And they will be remaining open. I was like, I went through all that just for nothing. So are you familiar with the guys over at Compound Media? 
I know of them. Yeah, there's one of the the one show that's hosted by a female, Chrissy Mayer, is called The Wet Spot. And so I did it back in December. We've kept in touch. Um, her and her her show partner or whatever, they were telling me that Ruby Grapefruit is the, is the flavor to start off on. So cheers, Matt. Thanks for having me. Oh, Jen. It's been trying to get it, you on it. forever. I'm bummed that we had to do it remotely, but, you know, times are tough. <laughs> These are crazy times we're living in. Right? It's like it takes a world-ending virus to get you off the road to actually sit you down to have a conversation with you. So Yeah, I'm liking it. People are like, oh, you must be missing out on so much money and work. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm not. I was in a place where I was about to start transitioning to working from home, having more time. My skin is better. My dog is happy. Like everything is just wonderful. My house is clean from head to toe. I've, you know, we've all got an opportunity to kind of like hit those corners and deep spring cleaning that we never get around to. And some of us are just taking day, taking it day by day. I know. Exactly. I, exactly. I am too. But, and I know like firsthand, the road burnout is real too. Like everyone like has this romanticized opinion of like being on the road and like, oh, you get to see all these places and go all these places. It's like, yeah, that's cool for like the first year, maybe the second year. And then it's like, oh, I've been to the same places. I've gone to the same spots and like the way I like to refer to it as is like, I started to be, be guest starring in my own life. Yeah. Most of the time, most of the places, like 80% of being on the road in America is literally like you're overlooking like a parking lot. You, I can live off a of Walmart for one weekend. I buy my own groceries, but like not having to do that. And like, just getting to be able to cook all my food at home. And yeah, there is fun stuff to see. And if I started like a year ago, I only will take bookings in cities that I like, like San Francisco. I like Madison, Wisconsin. I like the Philly, the Pittsburgh. I love PA. My last gig I did to a place where I didn't really like was in February in Tampa. People are great, but the overall just the club is gross. Like, you know nah. Swinger down there in Tampa, they all assume that you are just like Queen Swinger. And I'm like, oh my God, you're one of those. Like you think you know something about a adult performer sexuality when you really don't know anything. And no. certainly not Tampa, Florida. I'm not I'm not Tampa sexual. <laughs> what do they call it? <laughs> Florida sexual. You're like I, sexual. <laughs> I don't want to swing with 20 people in a dungeon because that's all I know about Tampa. Dude, yes, that's so Tampa. <laughs> I did have a friend. I have a good friend in Tampa. I have a lot of friends in Tampa because I'm in the adult industry and they're all like <laughs> the ones that thrive in the swinger community are definitely drawn to Florida, I find. So, yeah, no. Nah. You know, Florida, like, even if you're in like a nice one of the like, you know, one or two nice spots that Florida has, like, you must really gotta love being the tallest midget. Because if you go, 20 minutes any which direction you are just in the swampy you're in like tiger king land yeah it was amazing when i found out that documentary was not shot in florida a little bit of it was well yeah Carol, murderous carol baskin's part but yes it's so funny because to me her husband strikes me as someone who would live like i don't know in like minnesota or something you know he's like i just remember at the end i thought it was so fucked up they're all talking about how 
how happy they were when Joe Exotic finally got in jail. And her husband goes, well, that was the night that called for celebration. We had a little wine and brie that night for sure. <laughs> like, oh, my God, these people fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, these people fuck. Well, and the thing about it is that someone pointed out is people, Some I have some friends from Tampa also who pointed out that, like, where Carol was talking about the street that her first husband picked her up on is notoriously where, you know, you pick up streetwalkers. No. Yeah, that like 19-year-old Carol was probably a streetwalker. Oh, yeah, dude. Totally. Dude, she was like, oh, I was just mad at my husband, so I went for a stroll. I was mad. I was like, ooh, girl, that's a good bit of information, man. Yeah, like a uh, couple of my friends from Tampa like, no, Nebraska is like the spot to pick up, <laughs> pick up streetwalkers. Like, oh, so like as much as we're talking shit about murderous Carol Baskin, it's like, you know, us in our community, should we be, be like supportive of the girl who went, I was a 19-year-old streetwalker in an abusive relationship, and my sex worker asked me to, to be a multi-million dollar, you know, tiger enthusiast. And, you know, who knows if husband number two was actually a good dude. He took her off the street. He might have been a piece of shit, too. So he may have deserved to be fed to a fucking tiger, allegedly. I don't, please don't sue me. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, taking into account everything. So... Uh, when I first saw that, I resisted for a long time. It was like the first couple of weeks of court of us being on lockdown, and I kept resisting because I'm a I'm a weirdo animal lover too. <laughs> I'm a tiger queen myself. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm glad this is remote and you can't feed me to an animal. Yes. Yeah, you're safe. You're safe, boy. You got for this. now. For now. So the first I resisted because I really just didn't want the visual of seeing these tigers get abused or Kate like animals whatever I didn't want to see it and I was doing great I was like oh my god this movie's blowing my mind like I just felt like Carol if she really gave a shit about the animals would have instead of financially draining him or while for financially draining him at least sent some kind of like a food truck to feed the cats because she was financially draining them and these animals were suffering because of it and she didn't give a fuck she just kept going with it and so I'm like if this bitch gave two shits about animals she would have sent like a truck full of you know maybe not expired walmart meat who knows i mean the moral of tiger king is for anyone who's listening who has not seen it by whatever reason i'll give you my netflix login just fucking watch it at this point like if you haven't seen it it's been out for a month where are you like i don't understand but that how there are no redeeming characters in that in that show no one is a good person not one not at all not at all it's pretty interesting. I actually think that they were in, originally intending for that to be like a four or five part series. But <laughs> have you seen, I read a couple interviews from the directors and they were describing what it was like to meet Carol Baskin for the first time. And when she walked towards them as they were about to have their first meeting in person, she was wearing the flower crown. And one of the directors said they looked at the other one and went, she's perfect like she's a nut she's uh, wearing a fucking flower crown this is just they were like this is too good we gotta extend this we gotta have multiple episodes it was just fascinating what kind of trash is lying in the underbelly of america oh it's it's absolutely amazing and i read an article that they have enough footage for a second season i bet they do you were just like what this happened i mean there could be like a whole series just based on like the kid from California. Yeah. That committed suicide. Like <laughs> what I, one thing I did notice between the three husbands, 
he could tell which one was from California because he had the straightest teeth. He had the straightest teeth and he had like the kind of emo hair. Yeah, like the Justin Bieber circa 2009 haircut for sure. Yeah, Yeah. he was definitely, I mean, give it up to Joe. He he did good. He's like, oh, I just can't help it. I just fall in love with young straight guys. (laughs) Here, have some meth. (laughs) Do you now? Do you lure them in with meth? (laughs) Meth and tigers. I know, right? Meth, tigers, fucking four-wheelers, a bunch of unlimited weed. He... Some guns. Like, I'd suck some dick for some fucking lifestyle like that. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I would, but it would be very unenthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was something else. What else have you been watching? Um, uh, let's see. What else? I've been trying to watch like at least a movie a day. Okay. Uh, last night, after failing to fix my friend's audio problems, we ended up watching like three movies. Oh, that's so fast. Like, I know you work in the mainstream entertainment industry. And so a lot of people that I know that do work in the mainstream inter- entertainment industry do like to watch movies, watch TV shows, see how it goes. So what's your what's your jam when it comes to movies? Are you open to anything? Oh, I'm. you've been to my apartment. You've seen the wall of DVDs I have. Yeah. Like, I, I watch almost everything. But last night we watched... Uh, what fuck? We watched. Well, she dragged me into watching Guys and Dolls from '55 oh. with Brand, uh, Marlon Brando and Sinatra. How was that? I mean, it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining. It was like, oh, you have me watching a musical from the '50s. All right. Yeah, I like some old movies. Some of them are good. I like like I like old Stanley Kubrick stuff. Which uh, What's your favorite Kubrick? Oh man, uh, my dad is a former Marine. So he showed me and my brother, like we watched a lot of National Geographic and Discovery Channel, which is why I'm not, I don't really have the attention span to watch a lot of movies, especially by myself. I have a hard time watching them by myself. But if I'm with someone, I'm enjoying the process with them and we're bouncing you know, thoughts and ideas off each other. It's a better experience. But I typically grew up just, we watched a lot of National Geographic and then he showed us Full Metal Jacket, when me and my brother were like eight and five. (laughs) Yeah, that's not an appropriate age for that movie. It was pretty great. He fast-forwarded through some parts, but I just remember that being like the ultimate movie because like your dad is like, you know, the coolest person in the world and it really is fucking fascinating and scary and haunting. And so it was kind of like after watching that at that age, a lot of movies seemed like kind of lame, you know? Like, I don't want to go watch a fucking... Disney movie. I just watched. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, the- and I also love. Um, I like. Uh, I did some shrooms a couple like a a couple nights ago, but before that, I also did shrooms and watched um, two thousand one. Nice. Baby nice. That's a great one to watch on shrooms because you're like, wait a second. Did this guy in the 60s, this is how my brain worked on shrooms watching that movie. This guy in the 60s invented FaceTime. Why is he not getting credit for FaceTime? Because <laughs> in that movie, it's like the, the astronauts are FaceTiming with their kids and shit. It's nuts. And then I like um, Dr. Strangelove and how I learned to love the bomb. Oh, full title. Bravo. Full title. Yeah. <laughs> is that not the usual thing that you get? Yeah, most people are just like, ah, oh, Doctor Strange Love. They don't, you know, or how yeah, I learned to love the bomb. Easily confused with other movies when you say just Doctor Strange Love. Not to me. 
Yeah, yeah. I also love Citizen Kane is one of my favorite old movies. That's a classic. I got a, I got a question about Full Metal Jacket for you. When your dad watched, you know, you watched it with your dad for the first time, did he skip the violence or did he skip the like, oh, Mama-san, too, it's not too Boku? He only skipped the Asian hooker part. Okay. He really did. He skipped that part. And I'm glad because I wouldn't have understood it. And like I already was watching, like when I watched Wayne's World for the first time when I was a little kid, like I was quoting Cream of Some Young Guy running around the house not knowing what it meant. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad because I definitely, as kids, me and two little, like a little boy and little girl, the brother and sister, we just would have been like, Mesa Honey, Mesa Honey, like running around the house. All day, like kids do, they repeat shit they hear in movies. So oh, yeah. um, that was a good move. I didn't need to do. I didn't need to see that. No. Me love you long time. Yeah. Ten dollar. Yeah. Me love you long time. Yes. Oh God, I forgot about those parts. I just rewatched it recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. So insane, right? So insane. And the thing that you know, Private Pilot was uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from you know fucking now Law and Order, right? right. Yeah, it's like that dude's career has been on a crazy, you know, all over the fucking place. Yeah, you're right. When I was a little girl, I had a crush on the guy at the end that was like, do you walk the walk? <laughs> you could talk the talk. Do you know how to walk the walk? I don't know why. I had a crush on that guy. <laughs> like, I just thought he was attractive for some reason. Are you talking about Animal Mother? I think so. <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm 60 and they're like, and they're like, oh, Animal Mother would be fine as long as people throw hand grenades at him for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's the one. That's your type? Always been into bad boys. It's real disease. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe this time in quarantine, you'll have some reflection and you might outgrow it. Totally. It's all good. I'm doing like, my, my therapist actually has always done Skype sessions. She lives in like New Mexico and she does Skype sessions with all her clients. So we were like, not a problem gonna stay sane in this lockdown <laughs> nice yeah i, I personally am like uh maybe i'll sign up for some you know teletherapy during all this too and you feel like you need it or you feel like you're like uh on some patterns that aren't necessarily healthy or gonna help you prepare for when this is over oh i mean i was definitely on some unhealthy patterns before this so i was like <laughs> i was i was actually trying to get into start taking therapy like before this and then like i signed up at a place that you know does reasonable therapy rates in la and they're like oh we have a waiting list oh wow really yeah and that's what always discouraged me in the past to always find therapy it was just like eh, i'm not really like feeling and it, it takes like something fucked up for you to be like no no like we gotta have therapy now like that's what it's well, and the point where i walked in there i was definitely like i need therapy now and they're like well that's nice here's a waiting list Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. And then they called me last week. They're like, hey, you're still on the waiting list. I'm like, it's been fucking two months. Oh, my like, gosh. I'm still on the waiting list. They're like, well, we're sending people up for you know, teletherapy if you're still interested. I'm like, I mean, I probably still need it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not that bad. Uh, I, I probably still need it because I'm probably almost guaranteed at this point, like the minute the quarantine's over, going to make some really poor dick choices. Oh, then you should definitely wait till after you make the poor funds choices, you know, go live a little, celebrate. Oh, I mean, I, no matter what someone tells me, I was probably going to do it anyways, but I need someone to like be the you know, angel on my shoulder being like, no, Matt, you, the minute the bars reopened, you don't have to go get trashed and fuck the first person who's willing to. 
<laughs> That's funny. That's a great way to describe therapy as like the angel on your shoulder. There's also, um, it's like, if, if I'm pretty good, don't really feel like anything bothering me or deep, we'll just do like an hour of business coaching and she'll help me set up her. She's got a successful business. She's got like a more Instagram followers than I even knew therapists could possibly have. So she's a good person to look into for business coaching. So she helps me get all that kind of in line as well. Nice. Nice. So it's just like, well, we'll just uh, get some free business advice today instead of, you know, mental health. Exactly. You're double dipping. Ties into each other, to be honest with you. I think what you do for a living and like how you're making income is really affects every aspect of your life. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, I've worked jobs over the years that I fucking hated that I was making decent money at, but it's fucking miserable because I fucking hated the job itself. Like what? Oh, when I was doing armed security. Oh, man. I can't imagine someone like you. You're so sweet. Why would you want to be that confrontational to be like, oh, freeze? Uh, I never wanted to be that confrontational. I needed the job in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially the early 2000s. That's like a different, that's a lifetime ago. Yeah, but I did the job for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, um, so, like, early 2000s, uh, .com, bubble burst, all that fun shit. I was a working computer professional in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, wow. And dot-com bubble burst, I couldn't fucking find a job to save my goddamn life. One of my old bosses was working at an armored car company. He's like, Hey, just come apply. It doesn't pay great, but you'll have health benefits and steady work. And I went, fuck it. Why not? And for the first couple of years, though the job is dangerous, and I know people who have been fucking shot on the job, you know, it was a lot of fucking fun. I mean, the, the, the inmates kind of ran the asylum. It was, I mean, we used to drag race trucks and shit like that. Like, we're just, you got a bunch of like, or, you know, early to mid 20 somethings with guns and fucking irresponsibility at, at heart, just carrying millions of dollars every day. That's pretty fun. That sounds like our military in a lot of ways, too. Well, you had a bunch of ex military guys that were there, too. And it was, it was, a, it was a good time for a while there, but it definitely stopped being at some point. And it's also like at some point where it's like, oh, I have been, I've been here so long. Like, is this what I want for my life? Is this my career all of a sudden? Like, this was supposed to be a temporary job. Right. Like, I was going to take this job for six months before I found another computer job. You know, 12 years later, I'm still fucking here. Right. It slips away. It slips away. <laughs> so what kind of jobs do you do on sets, on mainstream sets? I mean, I'm just doing audio production these days. Like, Oh, uh, that's great. I'm actually producing some other podcasts for people these days and, like, you know, doing some producing some YouTube channels and you know, occasionally I'm still working on some porn sets here and there doing some PA work, doing some non-sex roles. So, you know, I'm doing like the full on LA hustle. That's great. That's the best. That's the way to do it too. And it's going to keep you job secure. Like if you imagine if you just had been locked, I mean, I don't want to imagine it. A lot of people are actually living it, but imagine if you just had the one computer programming job, nine to five working for someone else. And then all of a sudden the shit hit. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know too many people that are, have normal jobs that are suffering right now. I know that, um, my buddy brother love from who works on, uh, who directs for, 
uh, I know he, hmm, who did he just say? Team ski, porn pros, all that. He was like, uh, he's kind of out of work, you know? Like yeah. he just hit me up today. I was like, fuck, dude, you're the first person I've really talked to that is just like kind of suffering. A lot of people that are just on the production end of porn right now are definitely really suffering because if you're not talent, you know, are you, is the, is a Mike Quasar or, you know, in Riley going to jump in front of a camera and start doing their own OnlyFans? They can't. Like, no. well, I mean, they could, but it's not what they do in this industry. They'd have to pay performers for content. And we have a more, an FC, uh, you know, Free Speech Coalition moratorium right now on top of, you know, LA being on lockdown. So, if they were paying performers to do content, they're going to catch a lot of shit from the rest of the industry. Yeah, I know. Like the best case scenario is in those situations, like you have a performer who's not necessarily technically set all that tech savvy and needs someone to edit their content for them. But so that's like your only income stream speaking of which I need talent listening. You need an editor. I have time. Oh, great. (laughs) That's good to know. I've been doing a ton of my own shit just here and trying to go live as much as possible. I tried to go live last night. I've been going live like this whole quarantine every other night at 8 p.m. I even went on at 11 a.m. for the Euro fans, you nice. know? And, uh, but apparently, but like, I think it caught on because like all these girls that I know, everyone was like, Friday night, 8 p.m., Friday night, 8 p.m., going live on my OnlyFans. And I was just like, y'all stole my idea. But like last night, no, I'm just joking. But last night, it like, it crashed. Like the live, I got on live and no one was coming into my room. And I normally have like, you know, how it is. Hello, hello. Hello, John three six nine Seahawk five like, <laughs> and no one was coming through. I was like, "What's going on?" And then some of the fans were like messaging me, like, "Hey, I can't get on. I think it's just overwhelmed right now." I was like, "You know what? It's all good. Rock these customs and call it a night." Two questions. First and foremost, how's that grapefruit? Um, I like it. I'm not a big like carbonated beverage. Like I didn't. I never liked soda growing up or anything like that. So bubbles are kind of like, whew. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's so funny. My dog, I gave him, I, I fed him, and then I gave him like a piece of steak. And uh, he would just been eating. He ate his food, and then I hand him the piece of steak. And he's like, he puts it in his mouth, and then he burps as the steaks are in his mouth. So he takes it because the dog can't say no to steak. Of course he not. And he's like, all right. <laughs> I was like, you know, he just ate it. He ate his like dinner breath <laughs> burp on the fucking steak. See, it's nuts. It's, so that wolf, it's that wolf evolution. They're like, oh, can't turn down steak. The human's feeding me steak. Can't turn this down. Nope, 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 nope. It's pretty cool. I've become like a weird dog lady over the past week or two. I'm just like, my dog is fascinating. <laughs> I'm getting to that point. Whether it's a house plant or an animal or even a bottle of fucking bourbon, you're just like, I love you. <laughs> you're my best friend. You've always been my best friend. Oh, we're new friends. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be that good of friends. I did try it. I'll go hit up Chrissy Mayer and uh, her comedian that does the show with her is named Mike Figs. So they were like, grapefruit. I'm like, if a dude tells me to try grapefruit, I'm going to try the grapefruit. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of the black cherry or the raspberry. Ooh, okay. All right. 
I mean, I'm not literally you're not a, fan of a white claw. Period. You're a man. Well, literally, anytime a white claw's entered my lips, there's been a woman involved trying to get me to drink it. For sure. I was just listening to that episode of Sam Tripoli's podcast, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I just always got a bunch of white claw because I like 25 year old chicks to come over. So <laughs> you got to have the got to lure them in somehow. Can't be with my good looks and charm. So <laughs> I mean that. That's why I like I'm looking forward to the summer because everyone's eating so many carbs. This summer's all about personality. I'm gonna clean up. <laughs> Six packs are out, personalities in. Totally. I've let myself go a little bit, like more so than normal. I'm usually like jumping at the ch- chomping at the bit to like go to yoga or do the gym because otherwise like my brain is just on overdrive. But if I run, I'm like, okay, I feel normal, I feel like evened out. So I've been trying to find other ways to uh, just slow my brain down. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You start it, it, running, you're like, oh, my God. And then one day you don't run, you're like, why am I so antsy? I'm just like, my brain is just like, the wheels are spinning too fast. I, I need to get back into it, like, whenever we're allowed back into, like, gyms and sit. But there was a point where, like, I was doing, like, 30 minutes, hour-long, you know, just treadmill runs daily. And it's just like put on music just zone out yes 100 percent. and unfortunately like for me working out in the gym situation is one of those things where like i have to be in the routine of it because the minute i fall out of it my my natural lazy instincts kick in i'm like i'll just go tomorrow i'll just go tomorrow i'll just go tomorrow let's just go tomorrow excuse is the best (laughs) it feels so good once you made that decision too you're like i'm gonna go tomorrow i'm gonna sit here you're just like ah enjoy the day <laughs> exactly like oh hey what's this on youtube or what's this on netflix or oh, i got some stuff i gotta edit I'll, I'll, I'll and then like three weeks later i haven't gone i'm like yeah but you know and I just haven't gone back so it's really one of those things where i tell myself i'm like i gotta get back into it i gotta get back I See, gotta- now, you can get away with that but i can't get too fat because that will change my whole brand like my look you know but i will say that when i gain a few pounds it really does go to my boobs like i know i'm very for i know it's amazing like my when i lose weight my tits become flat pancakes and then when i gain a couple pounds i'm like i'm just this quarantine i'm just sitting here taking boob face selfies and calling it a day this is great i love that my tits get bigger when i get back because i'm not mad about it i'm actually taking no one's mad about it no one's mad about it Sometimes self-care is includes just like not work stressing yourself out about going to the gym or yoga. So it's been nice to have that opportunity and just being like, you know what? I thought this was going to go to shit, but I'm liking what I see in the mirror sometimes. Right? <laughs> the, the tips are coming in. So, yeah. Yeah. The money hasn't gone down. That's great. Oh man. But yeah, I've been watching the last couple of days. I, someone convinced me to watch the conspiracy theory documentaries that are all on YouTube now. Fall Cabal. Yeah. Did you watch it? So, Oh my God. I'm dying to talk to someone about it. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll dive into this motherfucker right now. So well, let me give the well, backstory. Well, backstory. real quick. I just, I just watched it. I finished it like this more like last night and I got my dad, my dad, the former Marine who's super fun and like into He's supportive of my career. He's super into conspiracy theories. I remember because he's got that former Marine. Marines all kind of have like mm, that kind of like we know shit that nobody else knows. And it's bull. this is bullshit. And so I remember that 
alien documentary on Netflix came out called Unacknowledged. And this is a good impression. This is, I was telling my dad to go watch it. He was like, I was like, did you watch it? He's like, yeah. I was, he's like, I was like, what do you think? He goes, didn't see anything. I already know. <laughs> so, like, I'm good friends with my parents, both of them. And they both work for the city that they live in. So they're like five days on five days off. Cause they have to keep the people in the office working. So it's been fun to be able to just like bullshit with them all day, every day. Like this is crazy, but they're really happy for me that I get to still we're all making money still. We're all still like our salaries haven't changed. So it's just been fun to be like, how'd you eat today? Like, that's been fun connecting with people, you know, getting to do podcasts like this, that normally I would have been like putting everything off because you're so overwhelmed with what it takes to be out on the road. Like the day before the day after I can barely like tweet more than once a day. You know what I mean? I got so much shit that I'm putting together and taking out and put suitcasing and laundry. And I know I'm well aware. Like, as I said, for my audience, I've been trying to get Jaden to come do this show for a couple of years now. Damn. That's right. The Sam Tripoli's filming was in March. And that's the last time that was when I was at your place. Yeah. Like two years ago. Yeah, dude, two years to the date almost. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like March, either March or April, like two years ago. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I just sent my my dad. I was like, Dad, episode five is not even on anymore, and I found it and I just sent it to him. But anyway, so you go, go ahead, okay. tell me your whole my my whole thing. So actually, the woman who's uh, I went over to fix her audio last night texted me. She's like, Hey. Uh, I got this doc you have to check out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll check like it I out. I want to watch Guys and Dolls and The Fall of Cabal. <laughs> well, that was weeks ago. And, you know, okay. you know, I mean, she's a friend, but, you know, there were points where it's like, well, if it escalated beyond friendship, I wouldn't be, you know, mad at it. You know, um, anytime you ask a dude to watch Guys and Dolls with you, I think there's a little bit of, like, I don't want to just, like... <laughs> You know, <laughs> like if her hand grazed against her yours during Guys and Dolls, I don't feel like she'd be mad about it. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Play it cool, buddy. Play it cool. Text yeah. me before. I will. I will. But so I, I start watching it, and you know, I'm open minded about shit. I'm, so, I'm, but I'm not like I'm not nearly Sam's level of conspiracy theory. Like when for the audience, if you go back to when Sam was on the show, I gave him some shit about some of his conspiracy theories while he was on air. Which ones? Oh, I'm. I think I flat out like Sam. You don't think they're flat, right? Come on, man. Yeah, that's that's one that I don't understand either. Like we've all been in planes. We can see the curvature of the Earth. Yeah, it's scientifically proven otherwise. Right. So, and I start watching Falco Ball, and it's like. For the audience who has not watched it, it's on YouTube. Uh, the fifth part you have to go find because it's very Pizzagate heavy, and I'm pretty sure that's why YouTube banned it. Yes, for sure. Um, the first thing I know is like, wow, they are throwing like every major conspiracy theory minus flat Earth under one fucking umbrella. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Uh, and yeah, I'm just taking notes. And yeah. I, I noticed that in the early episodes, it's a little pro-Trump. 
I'm like, okay, that's a little it's odd. But... Yeah. I, I try, I try to take it with a grain of salt and really think about this. Like, is this pro Trump or is this just like anti cabal? Like in a way that I don't know, like some parts I was like, Oh, this is a little pro Trump ish more than I thought. But then other times I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. So it's just sort of like, I always feel like it's somewhere in the middle is the truth. Well, there, there's definitely some things that are misrepresented. Like the first thing I caught was they're like, Donald Trump was the only president to ever not take his salary. And I'm like, no, that's not true. Both Hoover and JFK did not take their salaries. Wow. I didn't know that. Right. Like I'm, so as I'm watching this, I'm taking notes and like things that I knew off the top of my head, I was confirming my, you know, my bias, like, because there's just some factoids. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Trump was not the first president to not take his salary. So Google, it's like, oh, nope, both Hoover and JFK were on record for not taking their salaries. I don't like lies like that. Right. And then the problem is when I catch stuff like that, it automatically makes me skeptical of every other information that they're presenting. It's like when someone lies about something little, you're like, oh, I I, I don't know what else you're lying about. Now I right. don't know because you just so casually threw that lie out there like I wasn't going to fact check that. And that's the thing. My, my friends that uh, convinced me to watch Tiger King were the same ones that convinced me to do the fall cabal one and i honestly was just like um i can't really get past the like early 2000s graphics along with like the fucking like shocked baby face like what is this for real (laughs) what is this like the amount of stock photos used after they revealed something shocking i was like (laughs) half of it feels like just art criticism yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, well, it sounds like this is made by a deeply troubled, traumatized young woman's cry for help. I'm like, not always. <laughs> I mean, even if it is, even if it absolutely is, that doesn't mean there's there's some grand conspiracy about it. Shitty things happen to people. It might come out in their art. A hundred percent. It was it was deeply. You're right. That's a really good way to put it. It's very critical critical of art. But I also am like. Why the fuck was that pizza shop owner in with the DC elite? Like, that's weird. Well, we'll get to the pizza game end of it. Like, I was watching. I'm like, okay, so they do present they do present spins on some things that are very questionable, and that's where it's a good job of trying to make their spin for everything else. It's like, well, if you do research this part of it, yeah, they're fairly accurate on some of the things, but the strands that they take to get connect that thing to other things, that's where it becomes flimsy. Yes. So like one of the things, especially in part five, first and foremost, I'll just put this out there. I think Pizzagate is absolute bullshit. Really? Okay. We'll go with the fact that there is no basement in that pizza place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's not even a fucking basement there. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What kind of, how did you know that? Well, first and foremost, DC is built on a swamp. Most buildings don't have basements, period. Right. And I believe the blueprints are like public knowledge. Like you could get the blueprints online. Right. There's just no no basement in the building. Yeah, now that I think about it, DC is in that weird in-between spot where it's like it's coastal, but it's in between the south and the east coast, which are two very different spots. So I don't understand anything like this, but like that's a really good piece of information. Well, and on top of it, like the Falk of All bit on part five, do you remember the part where they're like they're pulling out like the owner's questionable Instagram posts? Yes. So 
if you watch it, like the first two or three questionable, and like they're just in poor taste. His poster, yeah. and from that point, like after two or three of them, without saying anything, they are put, showing pictures of a different person's Instagram account. That yeah, I thought that was weird. And I I went into that dude's Instagram. That dude is the second account is like some gay activist in DC who just was tagging the pizzeria at events and shit. He doesn't work there. He has no ownership stake in the place. And the way they presented it just seemed like it was a misrepresentation. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like, these are just questionable spins. Yeah. I, yeah. That's or, why I had to mix that in with the fucking stock photos in the early 2000s graphics. I was like, this is cute. Right. And like <laughs> the thing about it is like every article they post, if you Google any of those websites are all, you know, conspiracy theory websites. Right. So of course they're going to have confirmation bias on what you already want to know. It's like, if this is science or if this is reputable media, it's going to be covered by multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Like science works in peer review, reputable right. media works in peer review. I mean, it's shitty in this day and age how me- media works because everyone's rushing to get that clickbait. So a lot of shit's not fucking researched. But at the end of the day, I am skeptical of anything covered by one source. Yes, like especially something that's so sensationalized as any of the conspiracies covered in the Fall Cabal, that it's only covered by one fucking source? Yeah. You should be skeptical of that. I just felt like I wanted more, everything that she was saying throughout the documentary, I wanted, like, receipts. I wanted to see, like, how did you get this information? Right, well, and that's... What makes, why are you contradicting this information, this piece about so-and-so, when, like, how did you get that information? Was that a reliable source? Or was that some, like, conspiracy theorist on a tangent who accidentally took, like, too much Adderall that day and just started writing shit that made sense to their brain at the time and then fit the narrative that that person seeking the info was looking for? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And that's – it's kind of a shady thing that they do in the beginning of the, you know, the series. It's like, well, do your own research. Make up your own mind. How many Americans are too fucking lazy to do that? All of us. Not me. I mean, I literally took notes and started researching stuff like during it. Yeah, no, I, I actually took notes too. I took more notes of like, um, like I documented or I opened up tabs to look up like Dr. Dean Lorick, Fiona Barnett, Cannibal Club Los Angeles, Richard Kerr. Oh, oh let's touch on the Cannibal Club. The Cannibal Please. Club, that is 100% fiction. Like, what the fuck? Like, anyone could write a website like that. But right. Like, it, it, it 100% is fiction. Like, it's just fucking fiction. Like, I, I, actually, I, have, I have my notes in front of me. Like, um, right. in part two, the Fed wasn't established. So they make a whole point of, like, saying that uh, Lincoln was assassinated by, for going against the Fed. The Fed wasn't established until 1913. Oh, my God. Which yeah, they that, even that say sense. later in the same episode. Right, right. Like, are you not paying attention to the own information that they're presenting to you? Like, interesting, interesting. And I get where someone like Sam Tripoli is coming from because, like, he's genuinely coming from a place where he just doesn't want to see children hurt. Well, 
I certainly don't want to appreciate that. So I'm open-minded to that thing. I'm open-minded too. I don't want to see children hurt, but I also, I think one of the things that it's been a couple of years since I had Sam on the show, one of the things I confronted him about is like, Hey Sam, you're putting all this time and energy into exposing these conspiracies, but what are you actually doing about it? Right. I guess, I mean, I guess in, in someone's mind, that's like a comedian and a podcast host of a pretty cool podcast. I like tinfoil hat. It's actually one of my favorite intro songs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And like, it's no knocking on Sam. I love Sam. Like he's my friend, but at the end of the day, it was just like, Hey man, like, and it's part of his brand. Now I'm not trying to knock his money, his income and his money and all that shit. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm not going to lose sleep. Even if this shit was all 100% true, I'm not going to lose sleep, sleep over something that I have no control over. Right. There's only so much like someone like you or I could do. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, Sam, why are you getting so worked up about something that you're not prepared to do anything about? That's true, but I think I think he gets worked up to get other people more aware and less, a little bit less like, oh, I don't want to know, like a little bit less. So I understand what that purpose is to have a podcast, to talk about it, to talk about how angry it makes you. I could see the benefit to that for sure. It's just my thought process on like, it feels like impotent rage. It's like, I'm so angry about this, but there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing I'm willing to do about it. Like, yeah, I fuck- think as fucked yeah. up as it was the guy who stormed uh, ping, uh, Comet Ping Pong with a gun to try to save those children, that guy at least had the fucking conviction to try to save those children. Yeah, that guy was... That, that's a whack job, for no, sure. No, 100% that a whack job. Master status. I'm not condoning that the dude rolled in there with a gun to save the children, but at least in his head, he's like, I'm going to do something about this. Right, right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, I, I support the thought process... I, not the thought process, but I support the the idea if I don't support the actual like execution of his idea. For sure. For sure. I also found it interesting, like the part about Chris Cornell and um Chester Bangton. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought that made all the sense. Super strange that they were about to come out with that documentary. And of course it went to like who knows? And then Corey Feldman. I'm surprised they didn't mention him because Corey Feldman was someone that like, I don't know when I first got to LA, uh, I definitely just brushed off someone like Corey Feldman as kind of a whack job. All child, former child stars have got to be like super mentally unstable. And I do believe that, but maybe it's, maybe Corey's right. Maybe they did pass him around and sexually harass him and the other Corey Haim. You know what I mean? Well, it entirely could, could be true. But the problem is I didn't watch, Corey's recent, most recent movie, but everyone I know who has seen it, it's like, he didn't reveal anything about himself. Really? So I haven't watched it yet, but I was going to, because I'm into documentaries anyway. Right, and but that's the thing, like, if you have all this conviction, why are you not confessing about, you know, talking about your own personal experiences? Why are you only talking about your dead friend's experiences? Oh, is that what he did? From what I was told. He doesn't get into it? He doesn't get into his own stuff. Interesting, interesting. I didn't... I didn't watch it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, yeah. The naked boy jumping from Buckingham Palace. I Googled that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember that part of it. I didn't Google that one. Oh, my God. I haven't really looked into it. I just kind of saved it on my Google search because I was like, dude. <laughs> I'd love to see what that's about. And then uh, this 
psychopath called Jimmy Savelle, this weirdo. It sucks that like certain people just look so crazy. Like who's that British politician that's super wacky that has like the air? Are you talking about uh, Nigel? I think so. He's the, got the, the, current, the current prime minister? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's super wacky. Then there was this other guy called Sir James Wilson Vincent Savelle. And he was like, apparently like a DJ and he's just so fucking wacky looking. I mean, if you're trying to sell the fact that these people are fucked up, like you, they play the part. It's kind of like Trump. It's like, he plays the part of someone you just want to hate. He plays the part of that, like rich old white guy that knows so much more than you. And I don't, I'm not into news. I'm kind of shut out from it. After like 2015, I thought shit got nuts. And so I'm really not into I watching the news. I don't like TV. I do like talking to people and having conversations about the information that they've gathered, because that to me is the best way to discuss and learn information just to hear what people have to say about it. So I haven't been really watching the news. I try not to, I, I definitely put my earmuffs and blinders on when it it's comes so to so hard to, it's so hard to do that these days. Bravo that you're able to pull that off. I definitely have like a a gift when it comes to self-control, when it comes to that, when it comes to even, and therapy helps. Like my therapist is definitely like, hey, if you ever get tempted to look at your ex-boyfriend's Twitter, just text me and I'll make sure that you make the right, you know what I mean? Like stuff that's just not going to make you feel good. And news is a big part of that. So to me, it's important to keep that media stuff out of my brain because it does feel like brain pollution oh it absolutely so taking is taking up space in my hard drive that could be used for like you know useless animal information which brings me joy <laughs> exactly i mean it's all in all politics wise and like the you know american yeah, life this is is so fucking polarizing on either fucking side yeah that just doesn't make any sense to me i identify as a grateful american horse girl energy all the way maybe i should bless you with some of this horse girl energy then you'll be like i don't care what's going on in the world i just care about my ponies and my puppies <laughs> wait, wait, are, you, are you trying to turn me out into a brony is that what you're trying to do on this court is that what you're trying to do Jaden? someone's hung out with some horse girls you don't know the term brony unless you've come over to this side you definitely like that's like guys who try to get pussy from horse girls like they know that term brony <laughs> I mean, I'm a fairly big dude. Maybe someone's trying to throw a saddle on me before. I'm not. I'll play the fifth. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, so great. But so, yeah, yeah. America's just so, fucking polarized no matter what side you swing. And like, the way I try to look at everything is like, hey, assholes, we're all Americans. We should all be wanting what benefits Americans the <laughs> most. Not the it's richest freedom. Americans, not the poorest Americans, but Americans. What benefits the majority of us which to be honest in current american society does benefit the poorest of us because that's the majority of us i agree i'm so grateful to be an american even i just feel like even when we're poor we're someone like you or me is having a bad month i still think it's fucking great i really do i think this country's great i love that i can just do whatever i want i own my own home i can fucking work on my own hours i can go drive across the country, go visit my parents and no one says anything about like, it just seems like, especially as a woman, I'm like, dude, I can do anything. I can fucking 
you know, it was my mom's generation could barely work outside of being a teacher or a nurse and couldn't own their own properties and shit. So I'm definitely like super grateful. Like how cool is it that we get to be on zoom and talk and create content for people to enjoy and what's still still fucked up is like you as a sex worker stuff to deal with a ton of stigmas out there. True story. That's definitely true story, but it's still on my terms. It is like I have friends but, that are gay or some or black, and they suffer so much because it's. I guess when you're gay, when you're gay or a sex worker, like you only get discriminated against if they know what you do. For sure. You know, so I can easily be like, I'm a fucking yoga instructor, and then I don't get, you know, I don't want to lie. But do I want? I, do I want to be a liar? No. Do I want to get sexually harassed in an Uber or in a restaurant? Bigger no. So sometimes I got to bust out the lie just to keep the peace. Self-preservation. Yeah, self-preservation. People think that they know something about your own personal sexuality when they find out you're a sex worker. So then you're like, no, no, you don't get anything about me. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? But in the casual situation, like, I see absolutely nothing wrong with you telling a complete stranger of like, no, you don't get to know that shit. Now, I do take some objection with like, people that are sex workers that potential partners that they aren't honest with, but, but I also oh, understand, that's a whole other. but I also understand where they're potentially coming from initially. It's like, it, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, if you're letting someone into your life, like you should always be honest about everything. I can't stand little white lies. That's the, that's the extent of it. If I'm just like, meeting my mom's friends at B- at you know one of her neighbors at bingo one night i'm usually just gonna say i'm a yoga instructor because they're like 70 year old snowbirds who are conservative and they lived in a time where women couldn't do anything but be a nurse or a teacher so right. I, i'd love to just keep if, the- if you were a sex worker in those times you were the you know, bottom of the barrel oh my god i know we get we, we get all this benefits now <laughs> it's like different time different time i mean it's still shitty like uh, I was discussing this with someone earlier on Twitter, but it's like uh, it's people were bitching about the fact that sex worker operations are not eligible for the SBA loan as yeah. part of the stimulus package. And I pointed out, I'm like, you know, that's actually a longstanding SBA policy. It's not new. It's not like this administration yeah. put that in place. That's longstanding. It's, it's not like that- 20 years ago, we would have had it a lot worse. Right. So this is not a new thing. It's honestly something that we as you know, the sex work industry should have been fighting a long time ago before it was like, oh, hey, this is an emergency. We need that money. Fuck, now we got to fight this? Right. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Absolutely. You know, I, I hear a lot of guys like, you listen to comedians, I've heard them be like, well, why don't girls just take the word slut back? You know, why don't they do that? I'm like, well, let me break this down for you. The last time I was in a relationship, I got broken up with one of the things he said in the unnecessarily long breakup email he sent me was, I can't believe that you had a magazine cover that you were on framed in your office that referred to you as slut. And he took it out of context. It was the penthouse, girls of penthouse, the supplemental like magazine with hardcore photos, only no articles. And it said, Jaden Cole, redheaded slut, like a play on words from the shot. And I thought it was genius. I used to be a bartender when I became a penthouse bed. I was like, this is great. And like for him to say that, and I'm like, this affected my life in a lot of different ways. So that's why we don't take that word slut back because 
for all of human history, everything about a woman's lifestyle was based on what kind of man she could land, what he could provide for her, everything from her home to her food, to her kids, everything depended on the kind of man she could land. And men want something all to themselves. They typically are programmed to want to fuck as many virgins as possible. Which is the worst plan ever. I don't want a bunch of I don't want a bunch of boring starfish in my life. We we've gotten to that point now, but I'm saying like genetically, like we're predispositioned well, to that, like we can't go around and like also human beings, we're pack animals. We want acceptance from people like us. And so women take the opportunity to shame a girl who's promiscuous to prove their worth and that they're more worthy historically. Oh, and I agree. Talking shit about a girl who's a slut is fun for men and women and older people. It makes everybody feel good. It gives everybody an opportunity to virtue signal. So I mean, it gives me an opportunity to try to give her my number, but that too. It's like you can't you can't talk, you can't like be like, oh, why don't why is there shame with girls having sex? I'm like, have you looked at human history? Like this is the first time in generation in any generation that we've actually been safe enough. Right to pursue this publicly and not be like walked down the street going shame, shame. Well, and I totally get it in like biblical and puritanical times of looking down on promiscuous women, looking down on prostitution, because in those days you caught an STD, you fucking died. You fucking died. And men wanted to know that, the baby that their woman was having was theirs exactly before birth control and stuff like that. So it comes from a lot of places. There's a lot of play, and you know, and as, um, as advanced as we are as a society now, we are still rooted in crazy old traditions from people who did not have indoor plumbing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Even like the old, we're all like kind of. I think this generation is the first one that looked at like the constitution, even of America, going like. Those fucking rich white slave owners like made this shit up and we're supposed to like listen to them now, even though we've technologically advanced light years ahead of that time. They didn't have indoor plumbing either. They didn't have indoor plumbing and we're going to listen to them tell us what to do about like when you say like, I'm not saying I I would never want freedom of speech to be um, uh, suppressed in any way, but all the things that they say in the constitution, think about not having electricity or plumbing and coming up with this shit. And you got to be like top of the society to even have these ideas and to be like, implement these ideas for the rest of this country's existence. Right. Like think about syphilis being a death sentence. And that's the type of people that wrote our constitution. Yeah. 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 Of course we're going to like judge a fucking hooker because there was no condoms. There's STDs would kill you. Like, of course. Right. And having a child out of wedlock is a massive, massive problem. There's no abortions. There's no plan B. Oh my God. I know. I mean, what would you have done like back in that day? Like it was only like a generation ago that that was completely not acceptable. Right. I mean, hell what the pill, the pill was invented in the sixties, our parents' generation. Yeah. Like I have a friend who, uh, who grew up in PA in like, the seventies and eighties and her parents were divorced. Just her parents were divorced. And she felt like she grew up with a scarlet letter across her forehead because that's how she was treated just for having divorced parents. 
Right. I mean, it wasn't until like our parents' generation were like, oh no, it's 50% because that's actual human. Not yeah. that society's not going to fucking ruin you for it. Oh yeah. The real humanity is like, ah, well, I may have gotten involved with a shitty person and had a kid with them. Uh, maybe yeah. I want out. Like our dads all got abused. They all have uh, given us stories about like getting the belts. It's like, yeah, because those guys couldn't get out of the situation that they didn't know they were getting themselves into. They had four kids by the time they were 28, had to work a nine to five that they didn't like, come home. Yeah, they're going to be a little tense. Right. And their parents' generation, you know, in a lot of cases, as us Americans came over from, you know, famine in Europe and right. probably multiple siblings dying at young ages due to disease or famine or just the trek to America. So they saw some shit. They were traumatized as fuck. They had no coping me- mechanisms. And hey, I know now, you know, I am a couple years older than I was when my father had me. It's like, oh, I don't have my shit together. Yeah. Yeah. To think, same. Of, to think my parents like had any fucking answers when they had me. Like, no, no. They were in their early 30s. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Right. And they also had to like, work and i'm looking at my mom like i'm like you had two kids by the time you were my age i'm like so you just didn't want any time for yourself ever throughout the day (laughs) (laughs) but i I think part of that is all our grandparents generation or the great-grandparents generation where it's like oh but all your goal in life is to you know make enough income to survive and then start pumping out children i mean that that's all like my grandparents were encouraged was like, oh, get a job working in the trades. You'll always have work, meet a nice girl and have kids. And you're like, and then I'm just supposed to what, die? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think that a lot of people didn't have the opportunities. Um, like in smaller towns, I feel like they would get pregnant. Like I lived in Southern California growing up and then we moved to Georgia when I was like 13 like South Georgia. And I remember getting to middle school and we were just getting in middle school in California. We were just like having a blast. Everything was great. It was a California distinguished school. We all couldn't wait to go to high school. They had like amazing lunch, like pizza hut was at lunch. Taco Bell was at our school. And then I moved to Georgia and it's like, you're a prisoner. There's no quad that you get to go out. Like, you know, they have a quad in Southern California schools and Georgia, it was like, you're a prisoner. And like, Try to get pregnant because that's the only joy that you will feel. It's the only time serotonin is going to be flowing through your brain unless you're doing drugs. It seemed that way. I was like, oh, you guys just don't know how much fun it is to have like a good mall in your town. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just weird. I was in Montana everyone working. Was pregnant. Everyone was pregnant by ninth grade. I was like, dude, we were just getting to like the hugging, kissing phase in California at this age. <laughs> But that's your that's your lot in life, you know. Pump out some children, have a good family, and like blah blah blah. Sad. It just made me sad that like that was the only thing that they thought they could get a real like high or a you know. It, it was their purpose in life to you know make more people. Yeah. Newsflash, <laughs> newsflash, we have too many fucking people as is. How fascinating! I'm glad you brought that up because how fascinating is it that we're still operating on caveman software? when we are like hundreds and thousands of years past that, that blows my mind. Hell, okay, even if you go back to our great-grandparents or our great-great-grandparents' generation, like, yeah, they had nine kids because they were going to lose half of them. Exactly. (laughs) So true. We're like, why the fuck were you trying to, were you just like busting nuts inside of grandma this whole time? Like, 
every time we did that, you had a fucking human being. It blows my mind. But what's weird to me is that we haven't really evolved. And I always think that like the, I, I don't know if women are just trying to have babies later in life. And like in your thirties, you were like a senior citizen a hundred years ago or even 50 years ago. Yeah. So now that women are trying to have babies in what has historically been the senior citizen age of human beings, is that why we are having a harder time getting women are having a harder time getting pregnant when they want to, or is it that we're all just kind of evolving? Well, I, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's, more women are in the workforce. More women are pursuing their careers. They're they're putting their careers in their lives, their careers in their lives before just having children. Um, a lot of us, you know, a lot of women, a lot of just people in general came from shitty family situations, and they acknowledge that now. It's not like this is just how life is. Yeah, you know, right. They're like, well, do I really want to have kids? Like, is that really going to make me happy? Right. Like my parents didn't seem particularly happy. Right. Their like, day, I mean, to me, I've never really wanted kids, but I understand that as a woman, like we have certain hormones that are released during sex, pregnancy, childbirth that are amazing, that are totally like very loving and all that stuff. But if you're aware that it's just a chemical reaction and your true happiness lies in your daily activities, how your day goes the little things in life are to me what makes the bigger picture. Definitely. But I, I can admit like, even from like, you know, cause love is just trick of brain chemistry also. I agree. And at the end of the day, when you're in that trick of brain chemistry, it feels like all there is. So I could totally yeah. see falling victim to the other brain chemicals tricking you into, Oh yeah, I got to make a little person. I got to, you know, it'd be the greatest joy in my life. Right but I don't think that your life would be joyful necessarily. Oh, I mean, I never want children. Never. I'm getting to the age now where people are like, are you sure you didn't want them or did that just not happen? (laughs) I was like, no, I've I've genuinely never wanted kids. And anyone that knows me knows that, but like explaining it to new people, I'm like, this is kind of weird. Now they're probably just like, sure, girl. I was like, no, no, I I can freeze my eggs. Like I can do that, but I choose not to because I know that that's just not the kind of life that I would want all my life. I was like, why would someone choose to have to go back to an elementary school five days a week, get up at 6 a.m.? Like I've done it with friends and I'm like, this sucks. Like I want my time. Yeah. And I, I, I have admitted that like if I ever became like actually wealthy, I would actually consider children. Mm -hmm. I know. Right. Cause it's one of those things where like, I, I don't hate kids, but I'm also selfish enough where I'm not looking to make sacrifices for them. Precisely. I love, I actually, I'm on, on board. Like I love kids. I love being around them. I love playing tricks with them, but it's sort of like I become them. I'm not interested in being the disciplinarian. I'm not interested in destroying my body just because your body is capable of recovering from a car accident. Doesn't mean you should put it through a car accident. Right. like deprive yourself of sleep as an adult is like the work, like people do that. And they're like, I feel all this joy. So it's worth it. But I'm like, but I know you'd have been fine if you didn't. Right. I do. In all honesty, the only thing that absolutely worries me about like not being a parent, not having children is like, 
when you get to that advanced, if I make it to that advanced stage in life, which who knows if I'll even make it, it's like, oh, fuck, if I get to a point where I'm never able to take care, if I'm to a point where I can't take care of myself, what then? <laughs> like, that's the only thing that possibly worries me. But the reality of the situation is, like, I'm pretty convinced that I would be a really shit father. And there's a pretty good chance that if I did have kids, by the time it was time for me to go to the home, they wouldn't want shit to do with me anyways. I'd still be on my fucking own. And then I would have given up all that shit <laughs> for the <laughs> same fucking thing. results. That's a great theory. I just think I, my theory is um, I've never wanted kids. If I had a kid, I'd be an incredibly wonderful mother, but I would be miserable and unfulfilled. But and then you wouldn't be a wonderful mother because no matter how much you may love your child, that resentment's going to eventually bleed through. For sure, dude, for sure. And I just, I love nature. I've, I'm obviously close to my parents and my brother, my family. So I, I feel constantly surrounded by genuine love and people that care about me. So that part of me is very much fulfilled. Like I have a pretty decent sized family, enough people that I always feel like understood and cared about and connected to. So that's just not in the cards for me. And they're so supportive of that. But also because I grew up, I don't know how this was for you, not wanting children, but my parents had a lot of friends that were married couples without kids, which was probably pretty not normal for that time period because it wasn't until recently I think that not having kids was the new thing but they didn't and they would have like our neighbors had like a, a third car a convertible just for two people and a boat that we used to go out on on the weekends and my brother and I would be like hey mom and dad where's your boat and they'd look at us like you are our boat exactly just like every other boat you're a black hole for money that's never going to be rewarding exactly you guys are a money pit <laughs> so, it's so true. On my mom's side of the family, there's you know my mom and her two brothers. Uh, the middle son has been married since the 70s. They have no kids. They're the most financially successful of everyone in the family. Like, Word up. Telling you. They retired in their mid-50s. They live in Red Rock in fucking Vegas, actually. Oh, okay. Like, they have a home in Red Rock in, like, in the fucking reserve. Oh, yeah. Like, That's they, dope. They're out there like, oh, yeah, we, we just go RVing with our Jeep and, you know, go enjoy nature and we hike all the time. Like, That's so the kind of life I want to live. Like everyone that I, I looked up to as, an, as, as a child, that I looked, the adults that I looked up to were the people that had that kind of freedom. They were like the people with like, they were 40 years old running marathons and like my parents' friends that had the boat and they were going jet skiing every weekend. I'm like, that's how I want to live. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember that like my uncle had a Ferrari he used to just drive on Sundays. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is my, you know, classic Ferrari I drive on Sundays. Like, uh, okay. Yes. I'm familiar with the Sunday car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my my other uncle, you know, pretty well-to-do also with, you know, two kids, but it's not quite the same on the level of well-to-do. Right, right. I mean, I know when I came around, when I was little, my dad had a Corvette, like his extra car. And on Sundays we'd go for drives around like Sycamore Canyon in Ventura County. And I told, uh, we have like videos of it. Cause I'd be holding the camera. It was super fun. Then when my brother was born, my mom stopped working and then the boats went away in the third cars. And I was just like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> right. You <laughs> ruined everything. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my brother's such a good guy. I love, we joke about that kind of shit all the time, but that's the, I'm already fulfilled in that way. I get, I get why people want to have kids, but I don't think it makes sense in today's society. If you're on the fence about it. No, exactly. And the thing about it is like, as a dude, it's a lot of women look at it as a deal breaker where I'm just like, no, I don't want children. Like it's not a, maybe I'll want kids one day. It's like, no, I don't want kids. So there's plenty of women who are just like, nope, out. They just see it as oh, a, wow. well, they, they see it as like maybe a sign of immaturity. They may see it like, oh, this dude, you know, the, I don't know. I, I haven't examined every partner, potential partner who's just like, nah, you don't want kids, I'm out. You know, I bet they just probably, it's not that they, maybe it was too soon to see a future with you, but they want to feel like there's potential. Like women don't want to feel like they're wasting their time with someone they're just never going to see in six months. They kind of want to feel, have the fantasy of like, maybe potentially this could lead, we could be in each other's lives down the line. Right. And once you say that, maybe that's a deal breaker. I'm the opposite. If you say you want kids, that's a deal breaker. I'm just like, I'm your Like you should just get out of this now. Cause right. I'm not going on birth control and I'm also not letting you come inside me. <laughs> well, I mean, the not coming inside you is a deal breaker. Oh my God. Just, what? I mean, <laughs> What's wrong with you? That that feels great for everybody involved. I don't date that often. I date once every few years. And when it comes up again every few years, I'm just like, oh, I'm not destroying my body with false hormones just so you can nut where you want. Hey, those false hormones give you bigger boobs. But so does food. So does snacks. (laughs) Do both. Do both. They can be massive. I'm just like really happy with the way my snacking and not working out has been working out for my boobs lately. So I'm just going to stick to that. Uh, hey, whatever makes you happy. I'm not here to, yo know, shit on your parade. Speaking of which, so back to the fall cabal. Oh, you, you want to get, get back there, huh? Horrible segue, but I did have one more thing I wanted well, to ask It's you okay. You're not hosting this. You can have horrible segues. Okay, great. So uh, what did you think about, what do you think about Hillary Clinton? Okay. I think the Clinton Foundation is corrupt as fuck. Don't, don't, yes. don't come here wrong on there. I don't think they're innocent people. I also don't think they're murdering fucking everybody that yeah. ever has a nasty thing to say about them. I Like, there was the whole bit about the missionary in uh, Haiti who tried to smuggle a bunch of kids across the border to the DR Mm -hmm. during the fall cabal. And like this dude who was a wanted criminal just popped up to represent them. And it's utterly bizarre. I will admit it's utterly bizarre, but there's no reputable source that ties him to the Clintons. Yeah. I could see that. There's that. Yes. Oh, girl who tried to smuggle 25 kids across the fucking border like did some fundraising for Hillary mm-hmm. but every like legitimate like I can't call it legitimate but like every mainstream article I found about her is like she just didn't follow rules when it suited her period like her ministry up in Ohio, in Idaho just didn't pay people so this is the kind of entitled person who of course I don't have to actually follow the rules when I'm taking these kids to fucking the Dominican Republic because as far as I can tell, it wasn't like for child sex trafficking. It was just like, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I don't have to follow the fucking rules. Right. I could see that too. I could see that too. 
That was interesting. I think that, yeah, I think they're, they've been corrupt for a long time. I know what, what my dad was, and I were talking about this last night. He was like, oh, can you just imagine what Hillary did to the women that were like built, that were like raped or harassed by Bill Clinton? <laughs> my dad's like, she was like, boom, you're gone. Boom, you're gone. Boom. You're gone. So I don't know. Who knows? But I do think it's corrupt. Uh, okay. Monica's still alive. Like, mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky's still alive. If crossing the Clintons got you murdered, Monica would not be alive. For sure. For sure. She's the first one. I think, I think Monica's someone who kind of slipped through the cracks, maybe in some way. In but, some way. I feel but, like she actually got off easy compared to some of the other women. I'm sure they were threatened or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, she definitely has her life has definitely been turned upside down from sucking one dick. Could you imagine sucking one dick, making you famous, and then fucking turning your world upside down? Oh, I my heart goes out to her. I think she's actually awesome and incredibly brave and, like, a good example for women that, like, just because someone takes something from you, like, a moment from you or judges you on that, especially the whole world, doesn't mean you can't have the confidence to show your face and talk about how much that hurt because that makes you relatable as a human being. Right. You know, I, you I, think, I feel good things th- for Monica. Do you think the Monica situation was, like, an actual consensual act or do you feel it was like a abuse of power on Clinton's part? Oh, for sure. An abuse of power. Like no 19 year old girl is going to be like, Hey hottie, <laughs> you're so sexy. <laughs> that silver, that, that bulb red nose of yours just really makes me want to suck things. Like there's no way, but uh, like, definitely. Like, I think that's always a part of it a little bit, but not like a fucking, a, not, I don't think it was like an abusive situation. I don't well, think he's a Harvey Weinstein that's like, no, come here. No, 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 come here. No, come here. Like, I don't think he was like that. Yeah. I, I, so one of the other projects I'm actually working on these days is like I'm producing a podcast for one of Weinstein survivors. One of like, what? One of Weinstein survivors. No way. <laughs> and Incredible. we've had a bunch of other like of his, you know, other survivors on and other sexual assault survivors on. And hearing these stories, it's just like, oh, fucking terrible right yeah it's terrible it's super like so it's real interesting for me at this point hearing all these stories about like weinstein and other abusers like looking at the monica situation in another light because you know when it happened in the 90s i was a fucking kid and then like exactly you didn't understand anything about it i'm sure oh as far as i was like oh hey that girl sucked the president's dick he stuck a cigar inside her okay yeah there was never like I was never in a powerful situation like so I never understood like the power dynamics of like oh hey I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job and my career if I don't do this exactly I definitely think that's play I I guess I just didn't mean um aggressive physically you know what I mean like I definitely don't see Bill Clinton being as aggressive physically as Weinstein was Weinstein's like a fucking Jew from Queens he's powerful as fuck like he's going to, he knows what you want. Like with Weinstein, it was sort of like, he's capitalizing on girls who really would at their mind, they're like, I'm going to do anything to get a role or something. This is what I came out here to LA and moved to from Omaha. Cause I was, you know, well, the prom queen in Omaha. Hearing some, <laughs> of these other like, sto- some of these other stories of Harvey, he didn't even care that much. Like there's uh, some of the other survivors who have told like, their stories or, you know, talked about it on the, the show I'm producing. It's just like, 
one of the guests was like told her or wants story on air. You can, I'll send you the link afterwards. But he made an advance on her, and she's just like, uh, "I'm good." And, he, and then he kind of cornered her in the basement of a restaurant in New York, and like in the kitchen. And when she shot him down, he's like, "He wouldn't let her pass." And then she just went to somebody. He's like, "Will you just shut up and just start jerking off in front of her?" Yeah. Like, didn't even care that like. He's a fucked human being. Yeah, he's a monster. I actually just finished Roman Ron, Roman oh. Roman Polanski's podcast, Alive from France. <laughs> Not allowed back here, but I love him. No, Rome Ronan Farrow's podcast. The um I, I read his book or I did the audiobook thing and his podcast. And I just think Ronan Farrow is gorgeous like i'm not oh, it, what sinatra's supposed son oh no oh, have you ever seen like the side-by-side comparisons between sinatra and rona oh yeah they're yeah. both dreamy i don't even like guys that are like pretty like like blonde hair blue eye guys like are not my thing at all and so but i like like scruffy dark jewish dudes but you run the world. No, I'm just kidding. But but I'm like we do, we do. undeniably like a beautiful human. Like he's a good looking person. And what he's done is so amazing. And I'm just like, oh, Ronan, you're such a stud. You know, in listening to his book, he talks about the struggles that he was getting having NBC even green light his story and how stressed out he was. He was losing sleep. He's like, I was a mess. And then I saw a picture of him after I read the book and I was like, <laughs> you a mess please. I don't even believe it. You're beautiful, son. <laughs> he's so pretty. Well, he's grown up in such a weird situation too. Like, Right. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And like, what a, what a stud afterwards, like recently, you know, uh, the same publisher wanted to publish Woody, Har- Woody, Woody Harrelson. You can tell I'm very in tune to Hollywood names, news, but, uh, I, I just feel like the one white claw has fucked you up royal that you're just deaf. You're so drunk. White girl wasted. Yeah, woo! But yeah, Woody Allen, I guess, was trying. Did you hear about this? He was trying to publish, publish his book on the same publisher as Ronan Farrow. And Ronan's like, I can't believe this. This is so degrading. And so the whole, the publisher, everyone that worked there staged a walkout and a protest. Like, you can't do, you can't publish Ronan Farrow's book and then publish Woody Alan, whatever the fuck his name is, like you just can't do that, and they didn't. They actually turned it down eventually. Well, good on them. I got a question for you. What is your opinion on the divorce or the potential divorce between people that have made amazing art that are predators? Like Harvey Weinstein produced everything Quentin Tarantino ever did up until Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He has produced so many amazing films. Roman Polanski has made some amazing films. Woody Allen's made some amazing films. All these predators and monsters. Like, what do we do with that? You have a horrible human being, but amazing art. What do we do? Right. Um, I thought about that, like, with with music, too. You know, they say it like R. Kelly and shit like that. And um, to be honest, I, I hate to see money go into their pockets anymore. But and now with this new era, I feel a little bit more comfortable being like, yeah, like I've played a couple R. Kelly bangers in my car when I'm alone, when no one's around, because I already purchased them on iTunes and 
he's not getting a dime off me. I'm just going to enjoy, you know, the remix to ignition. So it's like, what can you do? What can you do? I'm still going to enjoy those movies. I still love Kill Bill. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's a it's recent a, thing that is, you know, because of the other work I'm doing, it's just like, that's a, a question that most of us don't ever actually think about. It's like, you don't ever want to be in a position where you are truly supporting and enjoying the art of someone, something that came out of a horrible situation. Like if you found out that like on set, there was horrific shit going on on a movie set and then you enjoyed that movie. You don't want to, no one ever wants to be the one to be like, oh guys, did you see that movie? It was so dope. You should totally come over and smoke a bowl and watch it with me. But at the same time, like, <sighs> it's tricky. This is a really challenging time for people. Oh, definitely. Because <laughs> you got to make a choice because we really shouldn't be supporting, like, a monstrous situation for a woman or a boy, like anyone. For anyone, anyone. Absolutely. So it's tricky. It's dicey. Well, like I, I honestly don't know where to fucking land. I, like I love Chinatown. Right. I love yeah. like Roman Polanski. Like I loved, um, like Roman Polanski is an interesting one because that that dude has had such extra two like extreme traumas that most people can't even comprehend or never even come close to. He was a teenage survivor of the hollow fucking cost. Right. Like that alone is like unthinkably tragic and traumatizing. And then for his pregnant wife to be murdered in one of the most in crazy, like well-known. That is still brought up in popular media to this day. Once upon a time in Hollywood still revisited on it. How could they not? It was, it's a fascinating thing that happened. I wanted to hear all the details about that murder. That was insane. I can't even believe, you know, it's mind blowing, but you know, then he goes and, you know, fucking drugs and sodomizes a 13 year old girl. And you're like, my God, like you, I can't help but have compassion for someone that fucked up. It's a rough situation. It's just like, but I also think he shouldn't be allowed near girls anymore. Agreed. Agreed. So I guess that's where we land. So I guess, you know, those are the well-known ones. It's dicey because you don't know what's uh, revealed to us and what information we could get for certain people. And we don't know what's hidden from us. So we might oh, no. it's, it's, it's We live in a world of grays. <gasps> nothing, nothing is clean cut in black and white. There's a, lot sure. of hor- there's a lot of horrible shit. And there's a lot of shit that people can be condemned for and should be condemned for. But it's just, you know, it, it's a weird world we live in and as we shine more of a spotlight on it. It's just weirder and weirder. Yeah, it's new. We're just all kind of figuring it out, you know? Like yeah, I said, I, I did Sam Tripoli show a little while ago. Like, not, um, not Tinfoil Hat, but it was Naughty Show. Towards the end of the Naughty Show podcast. And I go, hey, man, like, he was kind of complaining about how certain, like, radical feminists behave and judge him as a person and i was like i mean it's new to us like we're this is a new thing for women we just now are able to work jobs other than being a nurse or so we're gonna fuck up a little we're driving we're on a bike without training wheels for the first time it's not gonna be a smooth ride for a while you know it may never be i mean reality is really not a smooth ride for anyone 
I just don't like, I don't like things. I don't like people to feel divided. I guess you could say, like I say, like I'm, I identify as a grateful American. Like I've got some things I'm sure I feel like democratically inclined to like, I understand where Republicans are coming from on certain issues. I don't think any one person can be like, Oh, I'm all this side or all that side. Well, There's, the, the, no, there's in between for everyone. 100%. And if you are 100% just on a side, it's blind tribalism. Totally. Totally. That's a like great you are not it. looking at it critically if you're just blindly on any one side. That's I, what sports are for. Uh, I don't even agree with that. Like, <laughs> no, I know, like, but can... I agree. I mean, people <laughs> definitely do that, but and that's pretty harmless when someone's like, unless they're trying to stab people in Dodger Stadium. Exactly. Oh, you know, you're from LA, you know. Yeah. Um, I do find uh, my, I am a documentary junkie and my favorite documentaries are always the sports documentaries because they have the most money. So they're the most well done, well produced, best editor, best music, like the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I was just about to bring that up. Holy shit. I just showed it to my mom, like right before the fucking thing, we finally watched it together and we were just like, whoa, I didn't even know about all this stuff. And I was like, whew, couldn't keep my eyes off of that one. Is your mom a Pats fan? Uh, my dad's from the East Coast. So our yeah, family. I, I, I thought you had some family from Boston. Yeah, I do. So they're, that side of the family's over there. And definitely Pats rule. Tom Brady is king. Not anymore. Obviously, who goes to Tampa? But anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Hey, maybe Tom and Giselle are going to do some swinging. I mean, they're right, though, in the documentary. They say, you know, the Patriots program is different than anyone else's. They win for a reason. They do things differently. They work hard. And so it's like everyone's going to hate you if you're the one that works hard and diligently and differently and are successful as a result of it. Well, yeah, everyone's jealous of the top of the mountain, no matter what field you're in. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah, just a bunch of fucking savages running on caveman software hasn't changed since 800 BC or whatever. <laughs> no, 100%. Like, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I, you know, hey, a potential mate who, you know, I'm into asked me to do something stupid. Yeah, I'll end up doing something stupid. I mean, can you imagine, like, what would our interaction be if it were at the point in humanity where we just stopped evolving? If it was like the ice age and we were just like, Hey man, it's kind of cold over here in Vegas. How's it going in California? Would like, we wouldn't even have the names of these cities planned out yet. It's crazy. Yeah. But I don't feel like we're that far from it. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That too. It's I, strange. Cause you look at like the toilet paper situation. Like that was just blind fear. <laughs> My God. What was that about? That was just blind fucking fear. That was just like, fucking reptile brains like oh my god oh my god i can't wipe my asshole i just <laughs> gotta steal all the fucking toilet paper it was just like why not water or like you know well, laundry then, detergent or soap like <laughs> yeah laundry detergent's so much more important you dumb fucks they're not turning off the water at the end of the day if you have a dirty asshole take another shower yeah or like use a napkin or tissue Oh, I'm not looking to you know tear up my sensitive asshole like that. I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of asshole you have, Miss Jane Cole. But not for this butthole. Holy not for this butthole. It is 
you know, double ply, very soft, or water is what's happening here. <laughs> well, I, so, I, don't, I don't know what kind of rough asshole you're, you know, you got going on over there. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. I mean, <laughs> if you're down with the single ply and like sandpaper against your asshole. Oh, I'm not, I'm not. I did end up ordering though last minute on Amazon. I found like toilet paper, but it was like, it was like Japanese toilet paper. It doesn't have the toilet paper roll. It just is a roll of toilet paper with no roll. So it just starts like they like folded it and wrapped it each roll instead of like, there's just no roll. It's interesting. I never experienced that while I was in Japan. I'm trying to think. Well, it came from a Japanese company, so it might not be from Japan. It might be like the stuff that they use in Japanese restaurants or something. <laughs> Dude, I mean, most of the Japanese restaurants I went to still had the shower the shower toilets. Like, they had the bidets in the restaurants. Wow. Yeah, you know, America really missed out on the whole bidet craze, didn't they? I don't know. Up until this, like, bidet sales have gone through the fucking roof. I, I bet. They're like, you know what would be great right now? <laughs> is guaranteeing my asshole being clean. I mean, have you ever used a Japanese toilet? No. They're fucking amazing. Really? Uh-huh. I have a friend out here that one of my close friends out here, she she lived in Japan, went to an American school, so she doesn't have an accent, but she knows all the Japanese things. So. <laughs> I, I've, I've been to Tokyo twice, and it's one of my happy places. But the Japanese toilets are fucking amazing, because, like, the... It threw me off the first time, but the seat warms. And then, like, you get to pick the like the water pick settings for your asshole. Oh, what a luxury. And right? that's not, like, a casual restaurant. That's not, like, the baller hotels only. Yeah. No, like, the baller hotels have a whole other level. The first hotel I stayed in in Tokyo was a Sheridan. It was you know, a pretty nice shared. It had a defogging mirror. Ooh. Like, the mirror def- just defogs in the middle of it. I'm like, what? Huh? What is that? Where am I right now? It was a whole nother level. That's fancy. The only place I've been to in Asia was when I first became a penthouse pet. Penthouse sent me to Seoul, South Korea for like literally three days and nonstop work. Just like photo shoot, interview, photo shoot, whatever. But I remember it was just like the fanciest hotel I'd ever been to, the fanciest bathroom I'd ever seen. Got to eat some bomb Japanese food, bomb fucking Korean food. It was, it was pretty fucking cool. But I just remember the toilets being like, "Is this normal? Like, or do you guys just like roll out the red carpet?" They were their work ethic is so different than ours. Oh, Japan is on a whole other level. I haven't been to Korea yet. It is on the Seoul is on the fucking list to go to. Yeah, yeah, you should check it out. It'll remind you of Tokyo, I'm sure. A you know version of Tokyo for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, but demographically, I don't know. A lot more Koreans in Seoul, I would assume. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I would assume. But Japan is definitely like a super work hard, play hard culture. It is so different than anywhere in the states. Yeah. Like you go to a major. Why am I talking about Japan again? Like this has happened on a couple of shows recently because I have such love, such love for Tokyo. But you'll go to a major train station. And there'll be hundreds of unlocked bikes. Like, because people won't steal them. Right. You just leave your fucking bike at the fucking train station all day unlocked. It's fine. I heard they're super polite. They are, even when they're being really racist. (laughs) 
<laughs> what's so funny like my my friend you know joe asian joe oh, i love joe i love joe too he's thai he actually just came by this morning he texted me he was like can i come get my paint stuff because we he helped me paint my apartment and i was like yeah sure i'll leave it downstairs and he's like okay i'll just swoop in so you don't have we don't have any you know social distancing issues so he just did that today but no him and my friend kelly shibari who's the japanese girl they both told me they're like asians are the most racist people (laughs) it's so funny to me because every time like an asian gets offended on twitter or something i'm just like the real asians no (laughs) oh i mean i've heard from like asian friends like oh Asians are super racist against other Asians. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> but with Japan, visible tattoos have criminal connotation. It's like wearing game oh. colors. Oh, wow. So They're the like, first... Good. sorry. I was going to say this, like the 80s in America. It's No, it's worse there. Because oh, tattooing yeah. is semi-legal at best in Japan. Okay. Like there are some provinces where... You have to have a medical license to be able to tattoo. Mm. So the first trip I was there, I was there with my tattoo artist, and I did not cover my tattoos. Mm-hmm. My tattoo artist has face, face and neck tattoos. And he's black. So, like, yeah, I'm a black man with you know, facial and neck tattoos and me showing off my tattoos. We got kicked out of a bunch of places. Really? Just asked to leave? Yeah, but they were so polite about it. We like felt like we had done something wrong. Oh, man, it wasn't the tattoos. It was just they saw a black guy and a Jewish guy. They're like, get out. But we have money. We want to spend money at your house. <laughs> we just want to spend money. No, no, but it, it really was that. Like, we rolled into a place in Shibuya like that advertised having English menus outside. That's why we rolled in. And right. 100% middle of the day, the server saw us and rolled up and went, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we're closed. I'm so sorry we're closed. And we're like, oh, our bad. We'll go somewhere else. And we make it out to the street. We're like, wait a minute. They're definitely not closed. There were definitely people eating there right now. Oh, that's so weird. But like they, the, the Jedi mind trick was all like, oh, man, we fucked up. We're sorry. We fucked up. We'll go somewhere Right, else. right. Yes. I'm apologizing to him. Exactly. <laughs> we were just happened? like, oh, we fucked up here. We... And I'm also very much of the opinion, like, especially whenever I travel abroad, like, I'm in your culture. I should, you know. Respect your cultural norms. Respect your cultural norms. I should conform to your cultural norms. Right. I agree. I think that's part of the fun and excitement of going to a new town. It's kind of adapting to their cultural norms. Stepping outside your comfort zone. Well, and that's the thing. That's why so many Americans get, like, fucking... Yo, Paris gets a bad rap because I feel like it's Americans who are like, what do you mean you ain't going to speak English to me? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I wanted to grill cheese. <laughs> yeah, why are you being rude? Because you didn't yeah. even fucking try any fucking French, you asshole. Like, I agree. I agree. The, the one time I was in Paris, like, it's like, bonjour, uh, no parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous anglais? And every Parisian was like a smile, like, no parlez-vous anglais? And, it's like, and then we tried to work it out. But I at least fucking tried. Yeah, you figured it out. I wonder what they enjoy most. I remember I was a big Anthony Bourdain fan, and he went to France. And even during the filming of his show, Anthony Bourdain, well-known public figure, they were still pretty rude to him. Like, he tried to speak French to them, 
and they spoke English. And I remember that moment in that episode where he was in Paris and he was just like, I fucking try to, I can speak French. And like, they won't even speak it to me. Like they just like, they were like snobbing him, even though they had like cameras and like, they just really, I think they just like to fuck with people. It could be, but I mean, that, that was not my experience. My experience was everyone was super cool as long as I tried. Oh, that's great. I like hearing that because I think everybody's going to get a different experience. Yeah, but uh, every time like I hear from someone who's like, oh, the Parisians were rude to me, I'm like, were you being a dick and demanding that they yes. speak English? Dude, you sound like me after AVN. The girl's like, some of the people will complain like, oh, the, the staff at the Hard Rock is dicks. I'm like, I haven't even come close to having an, 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 like a bad experience with any of the employees, but did you treat them like you were human? Were you trying to get to a part that they were told by their boss not to let anyone in? Like, were they doing their job and you were just being a dick trying to push the buttons or were you just exhausted and maybe coming off a little rude because you've been surrounded by fucking porn fans all day? Like, you know, I take shit like that with a grain of salt for sure. You have to, you absolutely have to. You can't. It's like so many people don't have the self-actualization to be like, oh, I might have been in the wrong there. I might have been the dick. I know. I I think certain people are just entitled. Like people should be treating me with utmost respect all the time. And if they're not, I'm talking about what a dick they are. Yeah. It's like, hey, do they fucking know you? You got to earn respect. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's just one of those things. You know, whenever I travel abroad, I try to at least even – I don't speak shit about English and I barely speak English, but you know, I try to at least learn some phrases in whatever language I'm trying to do. It's going to help I'm, you get through the day. Yeah. Like it's disrespectful. It's just the respect of their culture. Like I'm coming into your house. Exactly. I agree. I went to, um, I filmed a Cinemax TV show, Skinemax actually called life on top season two years ago. And so I spent like, I was one of the main characters. So I got to spend like two months in Bucharest, Romania, which was so fucking cool. I was in my early twenties. I didn't speak Romanian, but I didn't need to. And during that, that time of day where they have like their siesta, like everything's close from one to three was typically where I would just go walk by myself and just see the city. And it was so cool. And every time I walked into a restaurant, I walk in by myself and just grab like some pasta at like two 30 in the afternoon or something. I'd be the only one there. And what I found, like me walking around Eastern Europe, everyone would just come up to me and start speaking to me in Romanian because I just look like I, a local. I look like an Eastern European chick. <laughs> so that was so cool. I was like, huh. they think I'm a local. I'm like a tall, skinny, kind of pretty young chick. And that's the only kind of chicks they have in Romania and Eastern Europe, all the hot girls. Well, shit, I'm in the wrong place. I know. You got to go to Eastern Europe, dude. That's where they're at. I mean, before this, for a all, green card. before all this shit broke out, I was going to roll through the you know, Prague and hang out with some people that I know that live there now. And like, you know, like expats. Yeah. Well, I know a couple of people like the, you know, industry wise that are living in Prague now. So, oh my God. Yes. That's a great idea. I'll go with you. I like this. I love Eastern Europe. All right. Well, we'll see Let's if you're one of the few, you're one of the few guests who's going to follow through on going international with me. I'm always looking to go international. I want to go to a, I mean, I'm, I'm a scuba diver, but I want to learn how to free dive. So there's certain places that like, when I think about going somewhere, I always think like beach, dive, surf, like sand, 
day drinking, no shoes, well, no shirt. <laughs> I, I'm down with the beach, the day drinking, no shoes, no shirt. I am apparently not. This Jew is not meant for diving. <laughs> I, I tried to do, do a very controlled dive in Australia when I was there, and it ain't for me. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just something I got in my fucking head. Like, it, I was just not yeah. comfortable under the water. Then you just shouldn't be there because the number, the only two reasons people get hurt or dives, good diving is anxiety or ego. I got both. Yeah, where, <laughs> wherever that comes from, you got to leave that at the surface. It's so well, funny. it was just one of those things where, like, yeah, I'm I'm doing this dive, like I'm starting to do the dive, and I'm underwater, and like I'm a Jew with sinus problems, so I'm not properly clearing, oh, and no. I I start getting in my head about it, like I'm not properly clearing, I'm not properly. I start like kind of freaking out under the water, and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like abort. I'm 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 just gonna abort. And oh just, like, man. Are, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't need a refund or anything, but yeah, this, <laughs> this ain't for me. It's honestly, it's like hard to describe. Like you have to understand you're really just breathing at 80%. Well, scuba like, diving. The, the breathing through the tank didn't bother me so much. It was just the like, you know, as you go further down, you got to clear and it just wasn't happening properly. Like I just never oh, felt like. Equalizing. Yeah, I was just never equalizing properly. Oh, that's the worst. I can't imagine. Yeah, I have sinus problems and I just wasn't equalizing properly. And I started to freak out because I wasn't equalizing properly. Yeah. So I, like, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Like, that's a wrap on this shit. Yeah, that's a wrap on this shit. And it was like, yeah, I paid to shark dive at uh, the Manly Aquarium in Australia in Sydney. And they're oh, like, yeah. you, you sure you don't want to do this? I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm out. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. That's pretty cool, though, that you even tried. I mean, uh, the fucked up part about it is, like, if you give me the opportunity to skydive, I will happily skydive. I've done it before. I will do it again. And I just couldn't get over, like, getting in my own head about, like, fucking diving. Oh, yeah. It's so much. It's so different. It's really, like, not at all what I expected. I had an ego when I went into the water because I grew up, like, I was born in Huntington Beach and just been in the thrown in the ocean all my life <clears throat> surf camp when i was a kid i went multiple times very comfortable in the water when i start, learned how to dive i was with one of my friends is like kind of a nerd so to me i was like step aside let me show you how it's done in the water and it's not it's like for tech geeks it's more of a technology you know what i mean it's very technical it's not like it has nothing to do with your physical ability to be in the water to swim to fuck it. I was like, leave me in the water for four days. I'll survive in the middle of the ocean. I will thrive. No, this was not. Diving was a whole other level. Very technical. It was my, yeah, it was my math, thing. There's but, fucking math involved. Yeah. There's like literal tablet tables that you have to fill out. And I just, I lagged on the fucking, on the uh, work that you're supposed to do, the homework you're supposed to do, the, you know, the schoolwork basically. I was like, not ready. I was like, oh shit. I, I had my friend like Googling the answers last minute. I was like, I'm not taking 12 hours to take an online quiz. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> in the water. We'll figure this shit out. <laughs> so thank God I survived. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you didn't die. This would be a much weirder interview with just talking to your corpse for two hours. Right. <laughs> just Joe propping you up and like, you know, weekend and burning you on your air on air. 
yeah it, yeah it's just that's not for me it, i have to admit that like i'm never gonna dunk like jordan and i'm not gonna dive yeah you just have to accept certain things your body's not capable of no but i will happily just you know chill beachside drinking while you go fucking you know do whatever dive you want yeah yeah i get it i get it, it it's yeah one of those things it's all good it is i appreciate it but Jen, I think we're actually going to wrap this motherfucker up. We've been at this for over two hours already. Excellent. That means it went well. It did it? Oh, my God. I mean, um, and we're, we're making vacation plans together, even though we haven't seen each other in like two years. So I guess. I'm so down. I'm so down. I, I'm going to hold you to it. All right. My audience is going to hold you to it, too. Like, We'll make prog plans. All right. I mean, there's a whole Eastern European thing. What's your thoughts on Spain? Uh, uh, what's my thoughts on it? Yeah. I, I always wanted to go. Let's go. All right. Because uh, so pre-quarantine shit, a uh, buddy of mine got married in Spain in 2015, and we were supposed to do his five-year anniversary thing in Spain. But that would have been like now. Wow. So they're pushing it, you know, they're pushing it back to post whenever we get out of quarantine because, you know, not wanting yeah. to die. Everything, uh, the dates and stuff that we're so used to organizing and planning are so up in the air. It's just weird to have to sit with this discomfort of not having our, like, you know, security blankets and our coping mechanisms. I know. I mean, this is unprecedented times for everyone involved. Unprecedented yeah. by word of Trump. <laughs> I love Ugh. getting people's, like... <laughs> I love riling people up by just like mentioning some shit like that, but it's all love. It's all love. I mean, it's one of those things where like, theoretically the man has sex with, you know, sex workers and wants to start a space force. I should be behind his plans, but I'm not. (laughs) Right. He seems like a cool guy to hang out with, to be honest. Imagine like going out at night with that guy. Like that's the guy you want. Except he doesn't drink and claims he's never drank. Oh, I hate guys like that, man. It's always like rich, entitled dudes that are like, oh, no, sex is my vice. I'm like, oh, yeah. Can you imagine like a girl saying that shit? Like, no, we're going to have a drink because I have to deal with being in a world where rich white men can just be like, no, 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 I don't have a sex is more my vice. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh, my God. I'm going to smoke a joint and forget that I even heard people say that. But I do hear that a lot with like privileged dudes seem to say that a lot. They're like, no, I don't drink or smoke. Sex is my vice. I'm just like, must be nice. Can you imagine? What would you think of me if that was my opening line when someone offered me a drink? (laughs) No, no. I'll be having sex later tonight. More my thing. You would have to beat dudes away with a stick at that point if you said it. I know. It. I would just have to have a professional bodyguard 24-7. <laughs> Holy fuck. Why did I mention that I have sex? Why? There's so many dudes just beat. Uh. I think it's just must be nice to just throw that out there. Yeah. Funny. If I threw that line out, they'd be like, yeah, I don't have any vices but sex. They'd be like, sure you do, bro. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Believe you. Okay. So. Jane, we're really going to wrap this up. We're going to really call last call on this motherfucker. All we'll right, make, Matt. We'll make plans to go to Prague at some point. I would love that. You got to have me back on sometime. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll actually do it in person at some point, maybe you know, in the next five years at the going rate. Definitely. definitely. I mean, we, 
I'm glad you just agreed. Like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out with you in five years. And we're going every I mean, like t- two years at this point. So I was thinking four and a half. Oh, well, thank you for the extra six months. I'm in. I'm joking. You are. I'm not sure. Not sure you're joking. Maybe a half kid. But hey, reality, we're going to actually wrap this fucking show. Where can the audience find you on OnlyFans? Where can they spend all their hard-earned money on you? My um, website link is just jadenfans.com. Nice and easy. Twitter, I'm at Jaden Cole. Everything else on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all that is just Miss Jaden Cole. M-I-S-S-J-A-Y-D-E-N-C-O-L-E. That's where you can find me. Find her. Spend your money on her. Like She has a house in Vegas that she has to spend money on. Like, Help me pay my mortgage, jadenfans.com. Right? Keep her in a lifestyle that she can grow accustomed to, that she can afford to go to Prague and all that fun shit. Yeah, Prague money. I need it. Come get right. it to me. Or if just talk to her- me on Twitter. Twitter's my main thing. Twitter's the one thing that has never banned me. Never. I think I'm shadow banned, but who isn't? All the cool kids are. Right. It's a, It's like a badge of fucking honor to be shadow banned on Twitter. Yeah, you know you're one of the cool ones. Sadly, I don't think I am. Aw, you'll Aww. get that one day. Once this interview comes out, you'll be well on your way to getting shadow banned. I, I, I think I'll just start rocking gray sweatpants. Be like, oh, this is my erection. Like, maybe that'll do it. And also, like, Twitter, I'm just Jaden Cole. It's just my name. Like, I'm allowed to keep that. I've gone through, like, about eight different Instagram accounts in the last two years alone. So, Miss <laughs> Jaden Cole is what they finally allowed me to use as my t- Instagram handle. So, Twitter's kind of where it's at. Those puritanical motherfuckers. Oh, 